Texas A&M, meanwhile, trying to snap a three-game bull losing streak. And they go to work on offense from the Bulldog 25. Toombs in the backfield. Taylor in motion. Toombs. Toombs diving for the pylon. Touchdown on the first play. Jamar Toombs of Texas A&M. with an imbalanced set tonight. And this one's blocked. And he laterals it. Into the end zone. Julius Griffin. Today's episode is brought to you by Shiba Inu SHIB. Shiba Inu token is the most exciting cryptocurrency in the world. Way back in 2021, Shiba Inu became the most popular crypto, surpassing both Dogecoin and Bitcoin on CoinMarketCap. You can buy SHIB on all the most popular coin exchanges. My favorite place to buy it is Coinbase, but the best place to find more information is by following SHIB token on Twitter. There you'll find links to the Discord, the subreddit, the Telegram, everywhere else to find more information about investing in Shiba Inu. Diamond paws, SHIB to the moon. All right, let's start the show. And welcome back to the Evil Mark Show. My name is Mark Hammond. And I'm ready to be. I'm I'm ready to be the Mark in the Evil Mark Show. I'm a broadcaster, <laughs> an Uber sports nerd, ready to take you on your sports talk journey. Now, some people call me Pinguino Supremo, but today I will be your Svengali. While I dive, while we dive into the funny, odd, weird, and interesting stories from the world of college football, it, it is the most wonderful time of the year. It's let's go. Home. At this point, I'd like to welcome my co-host and my co-conspirator, Eric, the host of the File and Entertainment Podcast, a man who's always up for some postseason college football bowling, Eric Stevens. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Morgan. I think better than you. We got sober, Mark, this week. So <laughs> it's already rearing its ugly head. So. Yeah, it, it's it's refreshing. <laughs> well, it, it may be refreshing for some. I, I, I don't know if you know this, but there was one piece of good news that, that happened this week. Elon Musk for all the mistakes he's made since buying Twitter. I think he got this one right because he is allowed back. These aren't the droids you're looking for. The man is back. Uh, Alex Jones is back on Twitter, uh, ready to, to, to make a contribution to society. Now, I don't know. This isn't, this isn't a good day. It's a bad day for his, for his financial. Because, I mean, not the worst day. Not the worst day they ever had, but not a great one. <laughs> not a great one. Well, but he it's, is, it's a good day because as we record, it's Taylor Swift's birthday. So, oh, is it really huge? Wow, I did not know that. I did not know that. That pumps me up. Uh, wow, geez, I wonder what you get to someone like Taylor Swift. I'm saying an Infowars T-shirt just to tie it everything back together. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I think I an know. Evil Mark Show T-shirt. I think oh, that's even better. And you can actually find that in the show description. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well make some money while I'm sitting here feeling like shit. But no, no, that's great. So congratulations to uh, Taylor Swift and Alex Jones. Quite a banner day for both of them. <laughs> here, here. <laughs> they're just they're just a couple of kids living their best lives right now. 
<laughs> if there if there was a crossover, I, I'd be there for it. I'd be there for it. But we have a huge show today. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's bowl season. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowl. So let's not waste any time. Enough rambling for me. Let's get right into the rundown. What the hell is a rundown? The rundown. And just by the way, in honor of AJ, I got all the clips loaded. Troll alert! I can taste your weakness. I got them all. I have them all here for you. I even these have, aren't the droids you're looking for. Which is my favorite. <laughs> I am locked and loaded today. I didn't know it was Taylor's birthday. I would have pulled a Taylor Swift quote. <laughs> I, that kind of surprises me. I, I didn't. I didn't know. I, I did. Jeez, I feel so. Uh, uh, especially after going on your show. I, we'll, we'll get into it. When we get to your plug. Like I went on to your show and I was. I pretty. I trashed Taylor Swift pretty thoroughly. <laughs> yeah, I, I was kind of surprised that you had that kind of take. But I mean, still at the end, you, you, you came back around to your senses and it's like. Even with saying all those things, she's the best. So. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, she's still the best. <laughs> she's still the best, the best. I mean, the, 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 like Alabama's a nightmare. Like, it's a terrible thing for college football, but I'm kind of partial to it. <laughs> it's going to destroy us all, but I'm kind of partial to it. But this is your rundown for Thursday, December 14th. 2023 episode number 193 make sure you're following us on twitter slash x at evlmrk and look for uh hashtag ems 193 to special links tweets pictures or stories we talk about today's episode also if you're not already make sure you're following us on tiktok for additional mark related content on tiktok and instagram it's at ask evil mark all right so it's time to go bowling myrtle beach bowl new orleans bowl cure bowl new mexico bowl la bowl independence bowl Famous Toastery Bowl, Frisco Bowl, and the Boca Raton Bowls are all on the menu this week. We kick off the road to the national championship with a whole heaping helping of the college football postseason. Let's go bowling. And it's Thursday. You know what that means. We're going to be handing out some taco awards, the tastiest awards in all sports talk. Um, But first, oh, wait, why don't I have this in here? And we're also, we're playing America's favorite cat-based podcast trivia game what's wrigley watching it is on deck as well with a a, a true stumper that uh jennifer's connected one that many people missed on and a lot of people needed hits on but jennifer won it we'll get into that today uh what were you gonna say eric i was gonna say that you i thought you forgot the uh the clips for our longtime listeners and supporters i was seeing just like you you loaded in all the Alex Jones uh, sound bites and you forgot uh, the other one. I thought that's what you were looking for, but oh no, I, I I always I always have that one. I always have that one. Before we jump to Thursday, though, we do got shout outs for our listeners and supporters. I just hate them because they they <laughs> they low down, they dirty, they some snitches. Before we dive into today's show, I want to thank all our listeners and watchers of our content. We encourage everyone to look inside this episode's description. There you'll find links to all our social media pages, where to get your Evil Mark Show t-shirt, and links to our sponsors. Everything can be found if you if you uh, go inside the show description wherever you're downloading this podcast. You can also contact us anytime by emailing the show at show at evilmark.com. Still respond to your emails. Make sure you're emailing. Let me know what's going on. Give me your feedback. Give me your thoughts. Uh, let me know what's going on. Show at evilmark.com. But I want to give a special shout out to these users. Uh, SEC super user, Mizzou man, Hornstown, Genepi, Abdel, Duckman, Christian Norcal, Maze man, Jennifer and Schenectady, or what's Wrigley watching champion, super champion, James Harden's exquisite beard, who's keeping the flame burning, has all the NBA content for me. He's ready to talk about, he has sent me an explanation about the NBA cup and the one and only UV 
a dog. Who was the first? Everything is awesome. Everything is fantastic. When he brought it up. So thank you, UVA Doug. Uh, UVA Doug. I did not expect this. Uh, UVA Doug, uh, unironic Alex Jones supporter. Unironic. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah, just, I was like, I was like, oh, you, you actually like, oh, wow, wow. Things are starting to come together now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the Virginia, the, the, it's all coming together. We appreciate you, UVA Doug. Please keep listening, or at least keep downloading the episode. I mean, you don't have to contact us, but just please keep downloading it. <laughs> please continue to add your number. Listen on a couple other platforms because you're so disgusting. No, no, I'm just joking, you, Doug. <laughs> wonderful, <laughs> wonderful listener. Um, and I totally did not. We're here to fuck shit up. I didn't. I am very cognizant of the soundboard now that I got. Now I got questioned about. <laughs> Jared complained about it every Thursday. Eric joins us. He's the host of the wonderful podcast, File Under Entertainment. What could be easier? It's all alphabetical. You know, A, B, C. The only podcast Nick Cage himself personally listens to. Your Nick fucking... He's obviously autistic or something. I feel sorry for him. Eric, tell us a little bit about the show. What is it? Where can you get it? Uh, yeah, it's available on all platforms. It's uh, all about music this season, which I was doing the, the write-up for the Christmas episode that's coming forward and, and realized that uh, it's been over two years that season two <laughs> has been going on. So it's, uh, yeah, kind of remarkable. But uh, first season uh, with me and my brother, and that was all about movies this season, which has been going on for more than two years, uh, has been all about music. We went A to Z with all the artists. We did a bunch of special episodes, everybody's musical journey. Mark's got one, Jared's got one, myself. Um, we went through all the decades from 1960s to the 2010s. Uh, lots of fun stuff on there. So, and uh, the Christmas episode coming up. So, well, let me ask you this because I know we're going to get into the episode that dropped on Tuesday, the one that I was a part of, season two, episode 46, uh, 2010s. But first, let me ask you about the, the Christmas episode. So, you got a Christmas episode coming up. Uh, obviously, for those who are in the, uh, who are on the good side in the war against Christmas, who want to celebrate Christmas, uh, you know, go from crazy baby Jesus all the way to do just, I like a Christmas tree. Uh, what, what can we expect for the holiday edition? So I'm assuming we, we have a prior holiday edition we, we've done before. So if you really wanted to <laughs> double dose your Christmas, you could go back and pull that old episode and you could have back to back Christmas episodes. You certainly could. Yeah. You can, uh, listen to me go insane in real time as, <laughs> as I get progressively down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Last year was a little bit different because we did everybody's section individually, uh, and I <laughs> forced everybody to listen to Bruce Springsteen's uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And naturally, that meant which, I had to listen to it every single time. Which is more like a threat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like listening to it once is bad enough. But when you have to listen to it, what was it, five or six times? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's I had to do because I listened to it with everybody. Um, yeah, it got progressively worse. Luckily, I kind of spared the listener. I only included it the one time. I edited it out the the other <laughs> showings, and it was just us talking about it. But um, yeah, lots of fun. But I figured it'd be much more fun since we've been like getting all the whole gang together 
uh, for the decades episodes. I figured the same kind of panel, full panel would be pretty neat to do the holiday episode. So that's what we're planning on doing. Jared won't be there. He's got a real world Christmas party, but. Oh, he's um, in the Dells. That's right. He's, he's, he told me, he goes, well, I'm in the Wisconsin Dells. And I'm like, what does that mean? That means nothing to me. That sounds like a bad neighborhood. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just, it's like the resort kind of place. Oh, it's the, like, it's the water park capital of the world, which, which, <laughs> you know, it's freezing cold, like <laughs> eight months out of the year. So I don't think that they get uh, a lot of use out of those water parks, but uh, who knows? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a nice place to visit. I don't, I don't know how anyone could be like a local to live there, like a townie. That would just be like that would seem like hell. You'd have to be someone who like enjoys a lot of traffic around your house, loves cheese, obviously, because you're in Wisconsin. <laughs> You'd have to have the the idea that you you love a, a water park, which is crazy to me because there's there's let me think. I'm trying to think in my town. Well, and it's Phoenix, mind you, listeners. So I, I think I have four water parks in this in this town. But I mean, you could you could theoretically go use a water park from, geez, I don't know, like from May, April, April to September. You could go use any of the water parks. There are people out there in the water park right now in Arizona. I believe that for it's sure. Crazy, it's crazy. You set up a wave pool. You give somebody a float, and they're like, "Great, I'll pay you thirty dollars to get in here." <laughs> It's it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, he, he goes. I'm in the Wisconsin Dells, and I'm like, ooh, la la. What does that mean? I'm like, what does that say? I goes. This is how arrogant. I'm like, oh, is that your shitty version of Scottsdale? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> okay. Cool. Cool. I'm tracked. <laughs> well, let me ask you about this. So, is this Christmas episode? Is this going to be the last musical episode, or what's left here in season two? Yeah, that's. It looks increasingly like this is going to be the last one and we're talking about going back to movies for another season that will start in january we'll start with the uh the the movie tournament like we had the music tournament we got uh mail about having us do the movie tournament which everybody seemed on board for so looking forward to that and then we'll have a full season you know in alphabetical order and then i don't know possibly some special episodes for movies and everything depending on how it goes and then uh, then i don't know what happens with the show after that so but yeah take a little bit of a break a couple weeks uh for the holidays and uh pick it are, back up in january are you gonna do the jared thing are you gonna have jake and david host your show too like <laughs> <laughs> bring them on change it to something some non-sequitur and then be like yeah they're here they're they're running it i'm only going to guess spot on pilot entertainment he'll be the color guy you'll just come in and you'll be like yeah no 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 i, I don't like this song I, I don't well, we, this one. we talked about you doing that with your own show like you get to a certain level where it's just like you're you're the name you're like kind of like the face of the show but you contribute very little <laughs> to it like you just you kind of just sit back and let it run itself while you reap the benefits like i mean isn't that the ultimate goal like yeah, I think that would be a perfect thing to do. You go like I, I would go full Dan Patrick. Like I just, I would just make you guys the Marquettes, and then I would just like just chime in every now and again. I'd be like, yeah, 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 no, no, no. Jared's got a good point here. Like I just, I prop up my guys, or do do I go McAfee? Do like do I need to get into good enough shape so I can wear a tank top like at inappropriate time? <laughs> <laughs> I figure you, like you just go, you just record yourself doing these drops, so you're not even there live. Oh. Like. So you just have a program where like every five minutes you just weigh in where it's just like, <laughs> hmm. oh, yeah, good point. 
<laughs> I'm not sure about that. Well, can I, can I tell you a quick story about why Ted Kaczynski wasn't as crazy as you think? Like, just <laughs> drop these in. Just like, yeah, m- maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah, this episode, this past Tuesday episode was really, really great. Um, 2010, so that was on Tuesday. It's out on the feed right now. I was a part of it. Jared was a part of it. Uh, Jake was a part of it. Um, Chris stopped by. Uh, you were obviously a part of it. So what song like shocked you the most? What, what song were you surprised uh, by and who brought that song? What was the one kind of real surprise for you in the 2010s? I was amazed that Jared picked that sunreal song that everywhere we go like i mean it didn't feel like his type of music at all that was terrible like i mean i know that we all kind of ripped on your uh your mac miller song but then like after you, after you explained it a little bit i was like okay i still don't like this song but i kind of understand where he was coming from like i i appreciate the effort that he put forth like that sunreal song was just terrible in every respect like i i mean we always give jared grief for the music that he selects but he went completely in the opposite direction with this one and still swung and missed like i i don't know how he does it it takes a special talent to be to have as horrible musical taste as that man does and now uh, what's going to be what was the one that you liked the most that you were surprised by that that wouldn't be my own song obviously yeah yeah um, that would I, i'm assuming it would be i'm gonna think it was probably the one i was really kind of surprised by was uh the cowboy junkies one again yeah. like, i'm always sh- surprised when 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 uh, uh jake brings cowboy junkies i'm like i know he's a cowboy junkies fan i know he's been he's, he has a cowboy junkies agenda but every time he brings something to the table <laughs> i'm always like i'm always like well it's pretty good like <laughs> it's he it, it's not like uh you know the worst kind of music fan is like a Coheed and Cambria fan, and I like Coheed and Cambria. And we we went, we we talked about this during the the musical tournament. Yes, like, we sure did. The fans are obnoxious, like, and they'll show you the comic book, and they'll show you the the drawings, and they're like, "I gotta sell!" Like they're the worst kind of dorks. But like, <laughs> when they try, they're like, they have so much better stuff other than that one song, you know. And then you 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 can go, you can stay with them about two songs, and then you're like, "Nah, the rest of this is like, nah, these these are they're they're like a." worst version of panic at the disco i'm sorry they're just a little <laughs> bit better than that but i love the comic book though i mean good job on that but enough is enough i don't know why I felt <laughs> this like. is from a self-professed fan yeah, i like them i like them i just i, I even said it on the 2010 episodes I'm, I'm like once someone once there's a fandom once the fandom has grown to the point where like there's a graphic novel. That's the point where you're like, you know what? I don't need to wear this shirt anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm checked out. This is yeah. this has grown beyond me. <laughs> yeah. Unless this is unless the owner is Marvel or Disney or Sony or some giant corp. You 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 don't need an you don't need an art book. <laughs> I, I, I don't I, mean, I don't need to know that Todd McFarlane drew the cover. Like it it doesn't matter to me, bro. <laughs> I, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, yeah, that's that's true. But um, yeah, Cowboy Junkies. That was a good selection. I, I like most of the music that Jake ends up bringing. I, I actually make a joke. I don't want to spoil it now, but uh, kind of like. <laughs> Well, fuck it. I'll go ahead and just spoil it. Um, one of my introductions for the Christmas episode is saying that J- I should have hired Jake as my co-host instead of Jared. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what Jake does now. He's taking that year of suggestions. You suggest that he just take all of uh, all of Jared's work, like, and then I'll I'll host him for the Friday show. <laughs> he'll, do, he'll be the super. He'll just take he'll take all of Jared's work. I mean, Jake is a fan of the NFL. He's he follows three 
really shitty NFL teams. So, oh, yeah. that's right. He's a Broncos <laughs> fan. I could probably talk him into some Russ Wilsack. <laughs> so, he would probably be able to contribute pretty well to the NFL show. I think every week we'd have the conversation. Is it time to tear this thing down, or <laughs> or the other conversation I have about the Broncos is isn't this proof that Russ Wilson is MVP? Like, we need to look over. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Unlimited. 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 Yeah, that, that's the one. I have so many uh, uh, Alex Jones ones. I don't have that one today. But please, for, for, forget about the Friday show. Go check out Vile Under Entertainment. I am once again asking for your financial support. Everywhere podcasts are offered, you'll find File Under Entertainment. You'll find me on a bunch of episodes. Uh, you'll find Jared if you like Jared. You'll find uh, Eric if you love Eric. He's on every single episode. Go back and check out his musical journey, my musical journey, all kinds of great stuff. File Under Entertainment, where better podcasts are offered. Also, uh, make sure while you're online, if you're not already, make sure you're following us on Twitter or slash X at EVLMRK, once again, EVLMRK, uh, and look for hashtag EMS193 to see special links, tweets, pictures, and stories we talk about in today's episode. You can also DM me there, and I will respond. Come check out your boy, Pinguido, on the Twitter. They say I had a Twitter site. And I think yesterday. So this is kind of like a, a monumental week. I think uh, it was either Tuesday or Monday was the anniversary of uh, the, the the late, great uh, Mike Leach. So we've we've had we, yeah. we have a jam packed week here, like one year without Mike Leach. I almost forgot, like when I was, uh, yeah, nice segue from <laughs> from music fun. Now we're going to talk about a dead guy, but it it really shocked me. I was like, I almost forgot. I was like, oh, that was right before bowl season, right before the bowl season even kicked off, and and there was that the bowl game at Raymond James Stadium in in, in Tampa Bay, and there was all that. That was such an emotionally charged time, and now to have one year later. Brand new coach at Mississippi State, and it's just proof that, like, I know we're going to get into it. We we have a what's really watching to play, but people like to poo poo this first week of bowls, but bowls mean everything. Like we always look back, like this the the clip we played at the top of the the show was the Independence Bowl, Texas A and M, Mississippi State. It was the uh, Cheryl Bowl, which turned into a snowball because there was a freak snowstorm in Treeport. And then you have this great game that ends on a, a block extra two uh, two point conversion, uh, which seals the deal for Mississippi State. I mean, these bowl games are huge for the teams that are playing for it. I know there's a lot of guys who are sitting out. And I know you've been pretty you've pretty been on the record about not being cool with that. But I mean, for mm-hmm. everyone else, it may seem like an exhibition. Like when we get started, like when we talk about the Cure and the New Mexico Bowl. Like I think the first quarter, second quarter, it is an exhibition. But when you get to the third and the fourth, like guys are trying to win that game. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I hope that that's the case. I hope a lot of these are competitive, good games that are hard fought, that the kids actually want to be there and the coaches are actually wanting to play for something. That's the games that I kind of want to see. Like, I don't, when everybody is opting out or where they're just completely phoning it in because it's not a playoff berth, like I saw a write up today on, I don't know, I think it was bro bible or you know one of those but the guy was saying like how hard that florida state was going to try to try to prove to the committee that that they deserve to be there like i think it's been like pretty widely publicized that florida state does not give a single solitary fuck about this like they're already like pissed off that they got screwed by the committee but it's not like the committee is going to be like oh yeah like last minute edition we're just going to go ahead and bring florida state here anyway like it's not going to happen the Florida State is not going to care about this game at all because he was trying to say from like the, the standpoint of, uh, oh yeah, um, Florida State is going to keep it you know within within the spread or maybe even win outright because they're really going to be trying to to play. <laughs> like they're going to get their doors blown off and not give a shit. It's like I, I don't see them trying at all. I I could make the exact 
opposite argument if anything i can right. make the argument that like the they even have people who are opting out obviously not going to have their quarterback or might have their backup quarterback but like i would argue that there's nothing to play for if anything georgia you want to play to prove that you got snubbed because if you won't really want to stick with this idea of four best teams i love how espn's kind of rallied around this four best teams and i love i don't know how eric feels about this i i kind of tipped it last week i've always kind of nibbled on the edges of this i've never went full hog on this until last week until i fully exposed myself here but i don't like kirk herb street i've never liked kirk herb street and it's not just the ohio state thing like i've never liked him i always felt like he was just like a bag man he was a water carrier he's a company man kind of an <laughs> ass kisser he's kind of like he reminds me a lot of boomer Esiason. like he, like he's there because of his name and his reputation but really as an announcer he's pretty damn subpar and to see him go from the most respected ranked number one respected talking head in college football to now catching so much criticism he's responded back at least five times on twitter to individual people who've called him out i love to see the destruction of kirk herb street i i don't know if you're there with me what are your thoughts on kirk herb street yeah as a like a play-by-play commentator guy i don't think he's that bad i mean i think he offers some decent insight but he's so biased like he does not he, he does not try to even hide it like there there's no question about who he's going for and being an ohio state alum like obviously we've talked before like people have inherent biases like i get it like that is his alma mater so he's obviously going to root for that team but he shouldn't be doing prime time you know espn or espn on abc games featuring ohio state he just shouldn't be doing those because you really think that he's going to root against his team or uh have this you know non-biased opinion no it's it's not gonna happen so i I can't believe that he's allowed to to do those games well and that he's the main person like defending the 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 choice of the playoffs i really thought like this is one where another fan emailed this and they're like isn't it funny how this one of our fans shockingly shocker decided to slap on a tinfoil hat and say isn't it isn't it surprising but that all of a sudden the Michigan cheating scandal got swept under the rug and that this is in honor of Alex Jones coming back. Is this, is this troll alert? Is this a false flag <laughs> at the expense of Florida state? So we stopped talking about Michigan. Uh, I, I mean, oh, I think you kind of feel like it. Maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> Well, certainly a lot more focus now is on Florida State, but I don't know that 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 the Michigan stuff ran away. I mean, I'm still seeing news stories about it, so it's yeah. I you know I, I thought a lot about that. I'm I'm more in the uh, I'm more in the uh, like I'm one of those nine eleven like a nine eleven truthers. Usually fall into like the super super crazy like our government did it, and then they fall into then there's some people who are like on the mild end of it of the spectrum of that who are like yeah they probably knew that something was going to happen they weren't taking it seriously. I like I'm on the mm-hmm. the mild there's the mild yeah. to wild gauge there, and I'm I'm in as far as the college football playoff conspiracy I'm in the camp of like yeah ESPN probably went to the committee and was like yeah you're gonna fuck this up you're fucking with our money you know what to do like. I, I think they didn't even have to tell them what to do. It's just implied. I don't know if I'm ready to go all the way to the, like, this was manufactured by Michigan and Michigan boosters. 
putting their political pressure on the on the college football playoff committee to create a story that takes the heat off of it just seems like too many people are involved in that conspiracy yeah just like i mean we've talked actually about like the 9-11 stuff before too like if you have you know the government involved and too many people that are trying to keep a secret you know it's not going to last like so when you go like really deep down the the rabbit hole like whole hog into these conspiracy theories they kind of fall apart like i I mean, we've also talked to you, like, a lot of conspiracy theories have a grain of truth to them because, like, I mean, or at least things that seem plausible, like what you said, like, about the, from the mild perspective, like, that our government knew about it and didn't do anything about it. Thousand percent agree. Yeah, I, I think that's the most reasonable, like, explanation for all of that. <laughs> yes, well, I actually kind of know for a fact that at least some grain of that is true because uh, I can go deeper uh, with you off air, if you'd like, I think I've actually even maybe told you before. Yes, but I, I remember this. <laughs> yeah, that is a thousand percent true. I don't think there's any denying that. But to say that they were the ones that orchestrated it is like, you know how many, you know how incompetent they are? Yeah, and how, they, how much they would have to keep under wraps to pull something like that off? There's no way. They're so on the nose. They're more about like, I don't know, storming a compound while there's children inside with a tank so that starts a fire. <laughs> like That's more their thing. They're more ham-handed. They're not the kind of guys who are just like, ooh, yeah, we'll do this and we'll, we'll work it all out. Like Now, the other one, the, I, I swear to God, we'll get to West Wrigley watching, but like, I don't know if you've ever heard this one, Eric. I, just let me know if you have or you have. Have you ever heard the, 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 you know, the atomic bomb is fake? That those blast films that they show, you know, where the, the little houses are being blown away, that those aren't real. <laughs> no, I have not heard this. The whole entire uh, nuclear, the, the fact that there's nuclear is a total scam. It's to play us so that, that the powers that be can, can work their little geopolitical machinations, that there are no nuclear weapons. Um, I'm pretty sure you can go over to... <laughs> Hiroshima and Nagasaki and still see people's shadows burned on fucking walls. And I think all the people that lost their lives over there would kind of beg to differ that that's not true. So Ooh, I wonder, yeah, like I'd have to take a, I'd have to take a deeper dive down there and see how they, yeah, that's always wonder. Like, how do they reconcile that? There's gotta be, and they blew up a, they blew up a, a Pacific Island. Yeah. There's something I'd like to read all the reasoning. Like you read all the flat earth theory using it. Like these people are crazy. Like I, I have to check this out. I have to check this out. But before I do, Let's start today with America's favorite cat-based podcast trivia game to test your knowledge of cinema's greatest movies. And specifically, for the month of December, we're testing your knowledge of Christmas movies. Let's play a little. Presented by Chewy.com, what's Wrigley watching? And... Special shout out to Old Dominion, the band who provided this song, the sweetest thing, the Meow Mix version. Uh, I, I'm trying to reach out to them. I, I've tried to reach out to Taylor Swift. I got nothing back other than my Twitter post got looked at more than than it normally should have any right to get looked at. <laughs> but I've also reached out to, to, to Old Dominion so I could find out more information about the uh, Meow Mix. It was Jennifer Schenectady who's like... I might just name super producer Jennifer in Schenectady. She was also our winner this week. Uh, her name is Jennifer. She's from Schenectady, New York. She has been a What's Wrigley watching champion before. I consider her a What's Wrigley watching super champion. During the offseason, she's also been our cub reporter for uh, – she's a WNBA fan, uh, professional bull riding, 
uh, NASCAR. Uh, she follows a ton of sports, a true sportswoman at heart. Uh, and she correctly guessed the man who came to dinner. And this was the clip that she chose from the movie. Let me make sure I have it queued up right. I think I probably don't because I waited so long. Yeah, let me see. This is... Give me... Tell me if I'm pronouncing this wrong, Eric. Eric is going to have to check my work here because I'm... Is it Durante? Yes, that is good. And he, he's known for uh, comedy music stylings, correct? Yes. And she said that he provided a little soft shoe. Now, I had to look this up because <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. I thought that meant like dancing around. But she refers to like a type of piano kind of uh, accompaniment with, with mm-hmm. jokes. Yeah. Uh, here's Jimmy Durante providing, in her words, providing a little soft shoe from the movie The Man Who Came to Dinner. Will you shut up, you reform school fugitive? <laughs> White side, I love ya. Will you shut up, you reform school? Change your mind. Start to go again, but change your mind again. It's tough to have the feeling that you wanted to go. Still have the feeling that you wanted to stay. Don't rape me for so lusty. Don't I go? I'll stay. Oh, will you shut up? Oh, my gosh. You, you, that's... <laughs> The one thing I mean, I love this, but the the one thing that always scares me about this, I think about like watching like you watch things like that back in the day, especially a guy, a performer like that. You figure if you're going to be a comedian, like you had to have more than one skill set. You can just get like talk up there and go up there and talk about your existential crisis, and everyone would be like, <laughs> "This guy is great, isn't he? The best alternative comic." Like this era right here, like it, it, no offense to him, but like the the Marins of Patton Oswalt, like no one would listen to their bullshit. <laughs> like this, like. You would have had to prove that you could have had like some kind of skill beyond talking. Uh, but Eric, tell us about the t- tell us about this choice because I know a lot of people were confused by it. Didn't think we'd go with that old. <laughs> we gave him so many hints. You kind of talked about that you had you had mentioned this before on your show, mm-hmm. and there was even one person who was who said like, "Oh, you know, I remember this. I can't remember what it was." So kind of give us. I know we usually put this on Wrigley, but let me put it on you just to, uh, to speak on behalf of Wrigley. Give me your, give me your, uh, why you picked it and uh, how you came in uh, into this movie. Yeah. Normally he's the one that's selecting his own movies, but this is the one that I said like this, look, you're watching this for the, for the show this week. So yeah, it's my favorite Christmas movie. Uh, Anne Sheridan is uh, like my favorite actress of all time. And um, it was the first movie that I ever saw her in. I just heard that it was good. and It was a, a good holiday movie. And I checked it out and I really like his kind of like acerbic nature. I like how kind of sarcastic he is. And, but also that at the end, he kind of has the the change of heart and, you know, turns into a good person. And, and Ann Sheridan is just so great in it. And, uh, Betty Davis and, um, yeah, Jimmy Durante's in it. Like, he's like, uh, it's, it's just a phenomenal picture. It's a great old timey comedy. It's really quick witted and, He's got a lot of great zings and one-liners and it's just so many things going on. Like he has the, the penguins delivered to the house and, <laughs> and also an octopus and uh, like the guy's uh, sister that whose house that he's kind of laid up in is maybe an ax murderer. <laughs> it's like, there's just so many levels to, to the, to the movie. And uh, it, it's just phenomenal. And I, I like it a lot. And so, uh, I was trying to like, I remember I, cause I remember you mentioned it. I had seen it in the past. I saw it in a film class and I, I saw it in the famous uh, ASU. Uh, I think this is introduction to modern cinema. I think it's cinema 104 <laughs> like, or 103. Like I uh, no though, no, this was a introduction to cinema uh, uh, original or old cinema. Uh, I think it stops at like 19 stops world war two. So that that's where it considers modern cinema. 
per Arizona State University starts after World War II. <laughs> Everything before <laughs> that is prior cinema. They also do that with TV. I don't know why. You would think that Arizona, like, we're number one in innovation. So I'm just going to assume that <laughs> that's the way it should be. But uh, I saw this in a class. And I remember liking it and enjoying it. I remember the guy being like a real pisser. But now watching it now as a as a grown person who who lives a life of like I'm like I don't want to like I, when I meet strangers if they get start getting too crazy like I, like I love mixing up on this show with you and Jared. But if like if I'm at a bar if I'm at the Moose and someone's like uh, someone's like you like guns and Chuck E. Cheese's defend yourself I, I just won't even go into it. Or if someone's really <laughs> really really mean I'm just like I'll just tell them I'll be like. I'm more granola than people think. I'm like, I'm like, no, I, I, I'll tell people at Target. I'm like, you're being too rude and you're bringing a lot of negative energy right now. And I think you're bringing everyone down, man. Like you <laughs> you got to dial it back a little bit. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I remember telling a woman at Starbucks that I was, I was, I was like, I was like, you're at a 10. I got, I, I was like, you're, you're blowing up right now. You're going crazy. 80, 80. You're going wild, but just, just, and I understand you're upset. Just notch it back two points. Notch it back two <laughs> points for the rest of the interaction. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. It, like, if interacting with this guy in real life would just be insufferable. Like, the, there would be <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. He's a there'd be no way in which I would, I would suffer that indignity. In but watching it over the course of, what, an hour and 45 minutes movie, I mean, it, knowing that that's who he's supposed to be as a character. And like I said, he does have kind of a little bit of a, a redemption. Just the... The levels that he goes through to kind of like of just being this complete pompous dick and then to see him kind of turn it all around in the end. It's just kind of it's a good heartwarming kind of uh, holiday picture and it encompasses all the holidays, too. It does. He kind of reminds me of like I was like the modern day version of this would be like when Russell Brand plays Russell Brand. Like it's funny. It's enjoyable. But like I don't need that in, in, in my in my mind right now <laughs> i'd have to be in a mood for it and i couldn't find myself in the mood for it. i was just like this guy is too much i just i'm 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 identifying with the rest of the people in the house and i'd be like i'd be like if i was anyone else who lived in the house i'd be like let's get a gun let's shoot this guy <laughs> just <laughs> we're in for a penny in for a pound like you get a shovel i'll get the gun like we'll just you bring the line buddy like we'll, <laughs> we'll have a party it'll be the greatest thing ever <laughs> Yeah, so, but I, anyone that hasn't seen it, because it does like, yes, it's definitely a different picture if uh, if he doesn't have that kind of redemption arc at the end. Like if he still ends the the miserable crotchety asshole, you know, throughout the entire thing, then, uh, you know, maybe I have a different opinion on it. But because that kind of happens and uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that everybody should if you like old timey movies, if you can put up with, you know, a 1942 black and white picture that you know, is more kind of like dialogue driven and special effects. I know some people just do not, they can't get down with black and white movies or like anything prior to, you know, 1980. They're like, Oh, that's, that's ancient. No, but you're doing yourself a disservice. So a lot of just great legendary performance from that era. I mean, this character, uh, the the title character, uh, the main guy, like what's his name again? Sheridan Whiteside. Yeah. Okay. So he's got to be like the, the most, like unlikable protagonist, like in all of cinema, right? I'm like trying to think of who who else is like, who else besides this example would you say is like the most insuffer- insufferable like protagonist in all of cinema? Hmm. Ooh, wow! Really putting me on the spot. Um, do you have somebody in mind? 
I'm thinking like, I, I guess like I always, people love, especially people our age, love the, the movie, uh, uh, 500 days of summer. And I love oh, Zoe okay. Chanel. Yeah. But like, she's a terrible person. I mean, just like a terrible, 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 terrible. Just like, like that's another one we're, we're supposed to identify with. Um, I, I, oh, what's the movie? D- Jared would help me out of this one. It, it's oh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Again, another one where I don't like him. I don't okay. relate to his journey at all. I find him very annoying. I like his character too. I like him in most everything. I love him in that. Is this the end? I, Michael Sarah, Arrested Development, love that, but just can't take that movie. It's just, <laughs> I like that movie quite a bit because I'm, I'm a big gamer as well. So I, I really like that. Yeah, I can see where you're kind of going. People, but, I mean, from, that's, people he's online a little say bit put upon in that movie. Like he didn't really ah, ask true. for any of this. I mean, like he does, he is a dick because he does kind of like quote unquote cheat on his girlfriend that he was already having because he thinks that he can have a better relationship with Ramona. So he kind of does a disservice to knives in that movie, but he's also like, very put upon. Like he didn't ask to fight all of her <laughs> evil exes, you know? So, um, but I mean, I, I guess that could be kind of looked at it as comeuppance for like, that's a little bit of like the karma getting back at him for being a dick to knives and, you know, not ending it the appropriate way. So. A lot of people say Harry Potter or uh, it, they have, I'm reading this list from Buzzfeed, but free said Harry Potter. They say, uh, uh, Julianne Porter Potter from my best friend's wedding. That's kind of true. I remember that one. I remember that one. I've, I've been forced to watch that one. And that woman is terrible, terrible, terrible. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to turn this over to, to Eric. Eric is a, we're wrapping up the music season, going into the movie season. So I just keep that through line. You got to find it at some point during your discovery in season three. Might run two years. Might take, might run three years. I'm going to, now I'm going to get Trump on you. It, it might run a long time. It might take a lot of time. It might take three years, four years. It might take 10 years. I might just take over. <laughs> a just, lot of people are saying, a lot of people are saying, a lot of people are saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, it's such a used car salesman. <laughs> no one ever called him. <laughs> a lot of people are telling me. So we need to find the worst protagonist. See, the 500 Days of Summer, the, the Zoe Nation, it's almost unfair because she's not the protagonist. She's the protagonist. Like it's gonna, yeah, it well, be I mean, the, the supporting character. It's got to be the primary character. Well, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has also said, too, like, a lot of people have sympathy for him and his character. Mm-hmm. He he has said, like, he is, like, if you need to take a closer look because that's not what they were going for. Like, he he makes her out like she's the, but there's even even the term for it, like the manic pixie manic dream pixie girl. Dream girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said, you know, basically, he's just this insufferable prick that kind of feels like he can't live without her and just, you know... Um, is basically just like really selfish and and self-serving and yeah. So I think that would be actually a pretty good one because he's yeah, definitely a a bastard in that movie. And shout out, shout out to Nathan Rabin. Uh, Great guy, great writer wrote for AV club. uh, The onion worked for that, that whole group has a great book out there. He's got a book on television and then he's also got an autobiography about his life. Great writer. He's the guy who invented the term manic pixie dream girl. I remember being really into his writing at the time when, when that kind of blew up. And it like the guy was like, when it comes to pop culture for a while there, like he was, he was very much the Shannon Sharp. He was speaking truth to power, but then he <laughs> kind of got too caught up in his own stuff. Uh, 
but yeah, love Nathan Raven. Go check out those books. Gosh, I can't remember. I think it's called the big, Re- the big rewind is what it's called. Uh, great, wonderful book. If you've never read, uh, if you love pop culture and criticism, uh, the big rewind is probably one of my favorite books of all time. I was going to ask you this though, since I've already hijacked this entire segment, <laughs> I was watching Die Hard again in the theater, right? On Monday night. Okay. Oh, nice. Here's another movie question I have for you. I wonder if you, if what your initial thought is off the top of your head and then, uh, and then maybe you'll think about this later down the road, but in Die Hard, the original Die Hard, mm-hmm. Hans Gruber played by, uh, um, I just had his name on the, on the front of my mind is Bruce Willis. He plays the main, the main guy. Hans Gruber right. is played by Alan Rickman, right? Yes. Alan Rickman is so charming and so fucking cool. And wonderful in that movie and like i remember when i was a kid i remember thinking bruce willis has all the great lines you know he gets to do the california thing come out here to the coast and then you know he's he's got the yippee kaye he has the 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 cheesiest lines i think in retrospect alan richmond is like he is so fucking cool i'm one of the the hostages in 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 nakatomi tower i'm helping them get stop him just immediate stockholm syndrome (laughs) just immediate (laughs) <laughs> I, you know, I'm a hostage. I'm hearing Alan Rickman talk all this shit, especially when he calls for the release of the, the, the because they think that they're terrorists. When he calls for the release of other terrorist organizations, and then he tells his buddy, and his buddy's looking at him like, "What the fuck?" He's like, "Oh, I read about it in time." <laughs> just, it's he's the coolest. I'd have been like, I, I would have escaped from the group just so I could go find and turn over Bruce Willis. <laughs> that, who who is the most lovable bad guy? Who's who's the most lovable villain in all of cinema that almost oh, makes you want to root against the protagonist? Like halfway through that movie, I'm like, I've seen this movie a million times. I think this mm. is the first time I've ever been like, I want Rickman to win. I know he won't, but Hans Gruber had a great plan. Even when he when the plan failed by the, getting the feds involved and getting them to actually cut the power, being able to punch through that last barrier, he he totally played it he was willing to take out nakatomi himself he was willing to 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 audible i mean he's basically the patrick mahomes of of villains everything you could want (laughs) in a villain (laughs) slash quarterback (laughs) yeah you have put some thought into this huh (laughs) i I, huh so does it would have to be like a a single serving kind of movie like where Mm. they because like I, i was thinking well, I mean, we have the benefit of having all of the the context, and I guess maybe the kind of the the service and or disservice to the character. Maybe I, I guess depending on how you look at it. Um, I was going to say Darth Vader. Oh, that's true. That's a really I mean, good one because he. I mean, obviously, even when he's this evil entity, he's super cool looking. Like he's just a complete badass. He's got the awesome voice by James Earl Jones. He's just so cool like even as a, a bad guy that you can't help but kind of try to root for him and then he also has that kind of the redemption the further we go and now of course now we have like the, the, the prequels where you've seen him kind of grow up mm. as a little kid and he kind of gets like you know uh groomed essentially into this <laughs> position like he never really had a chance so it's just kind of like i guess now in hindsight with all the additional context that we have from all the other uh uh, editions of Star Wars. Uh, I think that's kind of what they were striving to do is is humanize him more and make him more of a likable 
like protagonist instead of an antagonist. But see, that's the problem with 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 the with gosh, it's even happened before that. Even when you look back at when Lucas was running those, that's the problem with Star Wars and Marvel. Like I. No one wants an understandable bad guy. That's bullshit. I like. I don't need to for him to be the great thing about Alan Rickman and that in Die Hard is like, it, he's basically a criminal. He doesn't care. He neg- negotiates. There's nothing. We never get to a point where there's a piece of dialogue like, "Oh, Hans, yes, he's one of the world's most dangerous criminals." It was also abused as a child. You know, like everything has to be the misunderstood bad guy. That's why, like, I, I love a a villain that's all dialed in. That's that's all about it. There's no like excuse for it. Just plain purely evil. And it, that's I love Vader, and I, I I would root for Vader. But nothing that Vader did make me go like I want to root for the Empire. But when I see Alan Rickman and this group of terrorists, this by the way, the most diverse <laughs> group of terrorists I've ever seen in my life. I mean, there's a, a Mongolian guy. There's there's Euro trash. There's American guys. There's a Canadian guy who's got a Canadian patch on his sleeve. I, well, because they even famously say, like, the, who says that we're terrorists? Who says like, we're terrorists? Because, yeah. Because they're, they're monetarily driven. Like, it's all about the money or getting, like, the, the stock or the bonds or whatever, right? Like, yeah, the bear bonds, yeah. Yeah, it, it's not about, like, any, like an actual terrorist organization. So I, I think they're, hmm. They're very diverse. I mean, they're, this, this is, a, you, even most criminal organizations, usually, you know, you don't get a lot of diversity in there. You don't get a lot of inclusion. And, but I feel like this, this terrorist slash uh, uh, robber group, like I think they'd be way more inclusive. I think they'd very be tuned in, be like willing to accept new people. Like you know, I, I don't think they're holding anything against. I, 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 you know, if you're a guy who likes to steal candy and you're from Tibet, fine, you're in. We also got a <laughs> Mongolian guy. Like it's, it just feels like a very welcoming group. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, the benefit is that they're not uh, terrorists, because if we're truly talking about actual terrorists, it makes it uh, it paints it in a little bit different light. The fact that they had um, kind of a, like a, well, you can't, it's like hard to say that stealing someone else's stuff is <laughs> a, a good or honorable motivation, but uh, yeah, I mean, at least they really weren't out to hurt anybody they just were like willing to let people get hurt along the way so i don't know and, yeah they're other than the stealing personal property yeah they, they, <laughs> they there might be a libertarian bent there but getting back to what's really watching so obviously this this show loves cinema uh you love cinema you're going to be getting into a season three of file entertainment but wrigley loves cinema even more and he loves christmas cinema Set us up for this week, Eric. Boy, does he. Yes, Wrigley's always wanted to be a part of the show, which is why he's lent his paw of approval to our tacos. He's spoiled. He has his own room with his own TV and DVR. Even asked for his own Christmas tree, uh, (laughs) which is (laughs) he's been using that TV to try to watch sports and movies to contribute to the show, which is awesome. But unfortunately, he's a cat, so he's not the best at communication. So he was using the dog's communication buttons to try to tell us about this old piece of media he was watching. Maybe you, dear listener, can be like Jennifer and connect the schenectady by that's hard to say and help mark and i piece together what's wrigley watching your clues for this week's christmas movie are and i think this is another one this is going to be like have pen and paper ready or get ready to to send (laughs) that email because i think by the time that we get definitely to the third question (laughs) you're going to have the answer so here we go again 
helping out the toy store. You're fired, cameo. Big ass Christmas tree. <laughs> I really like what you did what you did with the last one here. Those two are the most devious bastards in New York City. <laughs> Blue is the alpha. She was getting a little testy with Wrigley that her and Ghost should be a part of this thing, so they've collectively agreed that the sixth clue would be a combined effort, which we're calling Blue's Clues slash Ghost Gift. For last week, it was she's got her own eyes. It was a clue so nice that <laughs> Mark tried to use it twice. <laughs> Betty Davis plays Maggie Cutler, Sheridan Whiteside's secretary. Betty Davis is largely known for her wide-eyed appearance, which prompted the 80s song by Kim Carnes, Betty Davis Eyes. And for this week, it is this, a $1,000 room service bill that would be about 2200 today. And once again, from the top, we have again? Again, <laughs> helping out the toy store, you're fired. Cameo, <laughs> <laughs> big ass Christmas tree. Those two are the most devious bastards in New York City. Hold on, I think I got that one. <laughs> you really are the most devious bastard in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. And a thousand dollar room service bill that would be about twenty two hundred today. If you want your pet to be spoiled like Wrigley, Ghost Blue, Havana, and Jared's stinky birds, you can find the best stuff to give them their best life at Chewy.com. As a Chewy affiliate, we earn a commission for qualifying purchases. You can find the link in the show notes and get started treating your pets like superstars. And I did want to bring up I saw recently on a Reddit post about Betty Davis that some idiot, I can't believe that they actually had just the idiocy or the gall to actually put a post about this, but they thought that the song Betty Davis eyes was about Bette Midler for some (laughs) fucking reason, even though it says she's got Betty Davis eyes, like it says right there in the song. And this person was like, yeah, today I learned that the song is about this actress from the 40s named Betty Davis. I thought it was about Bette Midler. And so this person person even said, like, that song is from the early 80s. Like, you were old enough to be cognizant of what the song was and didn't realize that it said Betty Davis and didn't know who Betty Davis was and thought it was Bette Midler. Like, how stupid are you? (laughs) Oh, here, I have this. This will be hashtag EMS193. This is from uh, Old School Celebs. Today, I discovered the song Betty Davis Eyes is actually about Betty Davis, not Bette Midler. Anyway, here's some pictures of Betty Davis from the 30s and 40s. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Oh, yeah. This is uh, this is truly why the meritocracy rules. The first comment on Reddit, wait till you find out the gorilla song Clint Eastwood isn't actually about Clint Howard. <laughs> <laughs> great that's just that's the meritocracy at work i I, let me make sure we share this with that with the hashtag yeah and in some amazing pictures there yeah uh also don't forget so uh make sure you send your answers and this will be a tape this will be last moment kind of thing uh it'll be we're going to be going by timestamps here uh send your answers to show at evilmark.com winners will be announced on twitter slash x with hashtag ems193 once again send your answers to show at evilmark.com uh our prior champions are not allowed to play in this one we're looking for new winners uh uh rest the way here 
do appreciate you, Jennifer, but we need some other people to get involved in the game here. So don't think that you can't win because we're only taking new winners. Uh, so send your answers today, right away. Uh, and pick your favorite scene from it, and I will pull that scene for next week, and we'll play it on the show. Uh, I think this one is going to be an easy one. This is <laughs> Jennifer probably knew it before I even started saying it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Before I even gave a clue, she's like, I know where these assholes are going. <laughs> <laughs> she brought up a good point she's like she's like all you have to do is really pay attention because you because you mentioned it yourself at some point probably <laughs> and i'm like yeah i usually do think of it on the show and i'm like oh yeah i better write that down <laughs> and i'll be like no no i already mentioned it then i'll be like well no i've already thought about three clues already <laughs> so i'm halfway done <laughs> uh this is a big day episode number 193 but bro it's thursday you know what that means it's time for taco thursday and everything is awesome everything is fantastic when you're part of a team everything is wonderful when you're part of the dream taco thursday is our version of a weekly award show (laughs) where the tacos mean so much more uh where we we reward the best places people things with the best award anyone can receive a taco eric i'd appreciate if you guys kicked off who is your first taco for this week the transfer portal is the new catch-22 for our sport. For every top player who comes in and fills your heart with joy and promise, there's the long-tenured standout that you've grown to love over the years that apparently doesn't share the same devotion to the university as you, who leaves in the middle of the night without so much as a love the Twitter post. We attempt to take solace in the cliche that the grass is not always greener on the other side, and in an award that I'm calling the grass is definitely blue on this side, Taco, we find even more portal weirdness in the form of quarterback Bo Allen and his long, strange trip. Allen started his collegiate journey in 2020 at his pop's alma mater of Kentucky. After spending two years in the program and struggling to hit the field over mayonnaise man Will Levis, going just 11 of 19 for 132 yards and a sole uh, lone rushing touchdown. Allen transferred down to the FCS level. As Tarleton State's starting quarterback, he threw for over 2,800 yards and 23 touchdowns, which earned him whack newcomer of the year. He then tried parlaying that success to take his talents back up to the FBS, transferring to Georgia Southern, but the NCAA did not grant him immediate eligibility, so he sat this year out and now has hit the portal yet again, this time as a grad transfer. It's his third transfer in as many seasons, and the destination? Why, he's back at Kentucky, of course. (laughs) With two years of eligibility left in an effort to try to make his dad love and respect him, I mean, that wasn't in the article. I'm just I'm adding that on my own little editorial, but it makes sense, right? Like, Pappy probably wasn't too pleased that he couldn't enjoy another spell on the collegiate gridiron vicariously through Bo. So the lad's back in the bluegrass state for his dad. But Bo knows disappointment, however, and he should get used to another round as the Wildcats have already secured former Georgia backup Brock Vandegriff, and they have four-star Cutter Bowley already in the quarterback room. One wonders where he'll go in the inevitable transfer out next season, so his roommate probably shouldn't get too attached. Portal whiplash is bound to cause delusions of grandeur, but certainly also hunger. So munch down on these evil Markshire tacos, Bo Allen. Your dad might not love you. And, well, we don't (laughs) love you either, but at least we respect you enough that you brought us this interesting story that I could use as a taco. So enjoy. Let me see. This this clip is so great here. Let me Duncan see. Duncan Bill for the 6A. D1 title last year. Second and goal. Oh, God. Touchdown! 
you know, it's it's weird because like Dante Moore is also so Dylan Gabriel's committed to the Ducks through the transfer portal, and then I hear Dante Moore is going to take an official visit to Oregon, and I'm like, yeah. I thought these guys were transferring to like get playing time. It just it, I'm wondering. Maybe well, more I think he was thrown to the flyer under Chip Kelly. Like he had even he was pretty vocal about saying like he didn't mind sitting for a year behind somebody and being able to learn a good guy to learn from would be Dylan Gabriel. So, and I think like he was already kind of like, he was in talks to go to Oregon initially. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think that makes sense for him. He seems like a sit a year behind Gabriel and then you're the guy for a season or two. Gosh, all the quarterbacks are going to be one, one and done's now. That's what it's going to be. They're going to be treated like get them in there. Well, they're going to be two and done's, but they're going to be treated like NBA properties. Like, yeah, they're here, but this guy's only here to so he can be the star there. Like, this is the world that we live in with college football, right? Like, oh, yeah. no one's going to have a quarterback who plays for four years. Like, that's going to be a, a an old timey thing. <laughs> we just got another transfer quarterback. We got Riley Leonard from Duke, the guy that famously we injured, and Sam Hartman and waited for him outside the tent. Was probably telling him, "Hey, go to Notre Dame next year." <laughs> <laughs> It's always well. It's good and it's bad because you're like, well, you're going to get a great quarterback. Great quarterback play is is everything. But at the same time, it's like hard to know and like a guy, especially a guy who plays such a key position. The guy is there for only one year. He's just came there. He's only going to be there for one year, but before he's off to the pros. Yeah, well, at least he doesn't have to rely on his mom telling him that he sucks because he's going to have a, a whole lot of Irish faithful. But as soon as he fucks up, any incomplete pass, you're like, you fucking suck. <laughs> we should have ran the ball anyway. Why are we throwing? <laughs> Why are we always throwing the ball? <laughs> what, seven passes a day? What? What is this? Is this <laughs> the air raid? Jesus. <laughs> well, I'll give you my first taco. So like what every rapper has said all the time, Sometimes you just got to flex on your competition, but be prepared to show up come game time. Now, you don't want to be caught slipping, repping some Buick Regal or some off-brand Bucky's <laughs> looking like some top-tier high school kind of program. No, if you're going to shine, you better do it bigly. I call this next award the Bama Got Bags Taco, and I'm awarding it to the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, let me play their sound effect. <laughs> And America's original professional victim before Taylor Swift. I'm not going to be the Alabama coach. Actually, he is Bama head football coach Nick Saban. Saban showed off his red Ferrari to a group of recruits over the weekend as he looked to impress uh, the bunch of potential Crimson Tide contributors. Saban has, was seen hopping into the front seat, cranking up the luxury vehicle, and revving the engine loud for everyone to hear. Let me give you a little audio from Dre Kirkpatrick Jr.'s Instagram feed here. So this is Nick Saban, the same guy who loves to yell at reporters. With the Coke label pointing out and the Dasani label pointing out, here he is showing his Ferrari to a, to a few people. <laughs> Let's see how it sounds. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> that is Nick Saban's Ferrari there that you're hearing there. Kirkpatrick Jr., the son of Alabama star uh, Dre Kirkpatrick Sr., is a three-star recruit from the Yellowhammer State. The defensive back committed to the program back in August, but he decided to take another trip to Tuscaloosa. Now, in most SEC schools like LSU, Brian Kelly is asking if you'd like to dance. Not Saban. He shows you his Ferrari, which, by the way, Saban only drives on Wednesday. So as we record late Wednesday night, isn't it comforting to know that Saban is out there enjoying his life, probably doing 150 mile per hour somewhere in Alabama? 
here's here's what Twitter had to say about Nick Saban and his uh, his Ferrari. Um, triple cup in the Rari is a huge flex. Uh, someone else, Nick Saban's got to ooze the most unintentional swag I've ever seen for a 70-year-old. And the last commenter on Twitter who said, first time I've ever seen a goat in a Ferrari. Uh, so the fans love it. I love it. The only a goat driving an Italian supercar. It might be the holidays for most, but it's busy season for Coach Saban. Not only is he hosting recruits on campus, but he's preparing for a college football playoff game against top-ranked Michigan. And now not only does he have a Ferrari, but you can add to the collection of luxurious things in Evil Mark Show Taco with Wrigley's paw of approval. <laughs> Not enough trunk space to fit that paw of approval. <laughs> yeah, you know, Ferrari is like uh, one of those ones where like, even if you're rich, you couldn't buy a Ferrari. You have to prove that you're committed to the brand. Like you have to buy a used Ferrari. You have to have other Ferrari products before you can buy. You can't just buy a brand new Ferrari. That's how ridiculous Ferrari is. Wow. Well, the, doesn't he? Uh, he because he owns a string of like dealerships or something in Florida, doesn't he? Are uh, yeah. they Ferrari? Like, uh, are they Ferrari dealerships or what? I think they're like they're import luxury brands. So, like, some oh, okay. are Audi, and they they have all kinds of exotic cars. All right. So, I mean, the man is driving. I mean, if you're being recruited and you and you see, you know, Jim Harbaugh takes you out for milk and I don't know, burger, like a psychopath. <laughs> and Saban is like, hey, come look at my Ferrari. I mean, is is there any I'm kind of impressed with with Saban's Ferrari. I mean, he's an old man. <laughs> he's got a Ferrari. It is kind of interesting. Any level of, of impression on you? No, I just like that kind of I, I mean good for him if that's what he truly likes. I just like I kind of think like I mean, I had a Camaro, I mean, which obviously a Camaro is not a Ferrari by any stretch of the imagination. But like when I was a younger man, I had a Camaro because, you know, I wanted a sports car. And it's like, but it's just as you get older, it's like I, I see like the the 50, 60 year old dudes like driving, you know, <laughs> those cars now. And I'm just like, wow, dude, like, really? Like, <laughs> you get out of that thing and you can fucking barely walk because you got, you know, two bad hips. But yet you're. <laughs> you're crouching down to get down low into this sports car because you think it makes you look younger. It doesn't like it, it just kind of makes you look that much more pathetic. Like, I mean, I, Saban is on a whole completely different level than we're, than we have any like a right to even like talk about, like we, we can't even fathom, you know, <laughs> the greatness that he has of, you know, being like the best at, at his craft. And so obviously a guy like that can drive whatever the hell he wants, but it's just like, it's still a, a weird kind of look. Yeah, it's, I mean, I like it. I think it's cool. But yeah, you, you wonder, like, it's a 70-year-old man driving that kind of car. I wonder if that's even safe. Like, it's like Alabama fans are kind of, like, pointing this out as a great recruiting tool. But I'm like, like you very easily lose control of that car. I mean, this is a guy who should be, like, in a retirement home. He's 70 years old. 70. Exactly. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Uh I, you know, I've never owned a, a sports car. I think the sportiest car I ever had was uh, I rented a Pontiac Sunfire once. And uh, <laughs> it, it was listed as a sports car by the rental agency. But I, I don't know if I would call a Pontiac Sunfire a sports car. But I, I will tell you, though, to your point, I did. Uh, I test drove. Uh, I was at a Dodge dealership one time uh, right before COVID. And uh, 
I don't know why it had gotten in my head. I was like, you know what I should get? I should get a challenger. Those things are badass. <laughs> I think that'd be cool. And I'm like, at that time I was like, well, I'm single and I could afford this. I could afford the payment and I could be driving around in a challenger. And I was, so I went and test drove it, loved it. Uh, actually it drove like a golf cart, but still I was like, this is going to be cool fucking car. Uh, I get, I pull up to the, to the front of the dealership. I get out of the car and you can see your reflection in those big mirrored windows. And I see myself getting out of this car and you're right. I'm like, I'm like, it's, it's not an easy motion to get out of that kind of car. And I was like, no, no, I look, this is a, this is, this is a douchebag's car. If I have this car, I cannot do it. <laughs> Well, I mean, like it, it makes more sense being out west, like where you are, where you don't get inclement weather, because you can drive that like year round. Like here, like you, that's not a practical winter car. Like I had a Camaro as my everyday vehicle, and I was like commuting like a pretty far way to work, <laughs> even in the winter, with a real rear wheel drive vehicle, which like did not obviously do good in snow. Plus, it was a stick shift. Like, oh my gosh. It, it it was not practical at all. I mean, they were fun to drive, but it got me in so many in so much trouble. I got so many <laughs> speeding tickets with that fucking thing, and uh, yeah, I, I don't have any regrets not having it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like that's one of those ones because I've never had it. Like, if I ever got money, I'd have to be like, yeah, I'm gonna get something stupid like that. <laughs> Just waste so much of time. But Eric, who's your next taco? This is a fun one. I really like this one quite a bit. I was very pleased to be able to find this. Uh, college football fandom is like no other. They're passionate pro sports fans, sure. Like Raider Nation, they like to dress up like they're extras in a Mad Max movie. But few, uh, few other sport, pro sports teams can claim the same level of almost cult-like status as in college. Hell, College Station even has a legitimate cult following. College fans take it more seriously because our identities are tied to our organizations in a much more personal way. While most of us never suited up or played it down for our respective uni- universities, maybe we took class there and thus we claim that when that universe represents themselves on the playing field, in some small way, we too are with them. So we take things like recruiting and representation very seriously. When a prospective coach is speculated to be arriving, college football fans have been tracking his flight from the moment he boarded. <laughs> Sometimes they even know the meal he had in flight. And if said chicken was undercooked because he took a shit on the plane, they know that too. And when what were considered surefire recruits are rumored to be on the fence or trending in another direction, there are a segment of us who either want us to try to do whatever possible to sabotage that other deal, to keep him coming to our school, or we've resigned ourselves to the fact that he's going elsewhere, but we have to devise our own headcanon to make that decision more palatable. In an award that I'm calling the devious dealings with Delta to try to keep <laughs> Dylan a dog with a side of he likes some corn fed and in bed taco, <laughs> we find five star and top quarterback prospect Dylan Raiola, who is quote unquote committed to the Georgia Bulldogs, but is now trending towards flipping his commitment to Nebraska. Coincidentally, like my last taco, because that's where his dad played. One Georgia fan uh, who goes by Laguna Dog went on the Dogs HQ message board on the On3 network to lay out what he believes to be a (laughs) surefire way to keep Raiola loyal to (laughs) Athens, saying, quote, it's been reported that Raiola will visit Nebraska on Friday. I assume that he'll take the 2.21 p.m. Delta flight, which is also the last flight of the day to the state. Therefore, if this flight gets canceled, he likely won't be able to make the trip and will stay committed to UGA. <laughs> <laughs> 
Obviously, messing with commercial flights is a slippery slope, so I'm not suggesting that anybody does anything illegal, but does anyone here work for Delta? Is some local <laughs> pilots or flight attendants to call in sick at the last moment? The flight could be canceled, and we could keep Riola. Maybe oh someone gosh. working could hold the flight up for quote-unquote maintenance issues. At the very least, he could quote-unquote lose his checked bags, so he'd have to experience the Nebraska winter without a jacket. I'm just spitballing ideas, but if anyone has anything else, those would also be appreciated, end quote. So that's on the one end of the extreme, still holding out hope that a singular missed flight would mean that he wouldn't just hop on the next flight the next day to still commit to Nebraska. Now here's the other side from poster dogs two four seven that seems to understand that he's probably gone and now they're just trying to rationalize it saying quote i've been to nebraska people are very nice there it's cold and not much to do outside of college sports and farming the women are also large maybe riola likes big girls not fat but farm-fed strong women like game of thrones character brand of tart wow there's a a reason nebraska had great offensive linemen in the 80s and 90s athens can't provide him that outside of maybe wisconsin no other school can end quote yep no other possible reason that he'd want to go elsewhere than georgia familial ties playing time it definitely has to be because he likes big butts and he cannot lie i'm just thankful that the georgia faithful have turned their attention to focusing on trying to commit domestic terrorism and kick shaming a teenager rather than complaining that the committee screwed them out of a playoff spot over an undefeated florida state who actually had an argument about being screwed and for that we are thankful here are some evil mark short tacos with wrigley's ball of approval to offer to the georgia fans for taking action and not just sitting back and let it happen also, a platter for Dylan Riola to share with the portly princesses of potential new stomping ground, Nebraska. Enjoy. Man, shots <laughs> fired on, on, on Brienne of Tarth, man. Jeez. Shame. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> terrible. Terrible take. Just, wow. Just, <laughs> I, and and I'm, I'm conscious of what I've said about Kelly Clarkson in the past. I'm just, wow, that's a little mean, a little mean spirited. I, I can't say. Uh, don't forget Kate Upton. Oh, that's, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. How could I forget that? Oh yeah. The, the fat friend. Oh yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, geez. Yeah. I had forgotten all about that. No, I, that's. That's some reason. What are friends for, Mark? Other to, to, to bring up the old members. Yeah, no kidding. In <laughs> Georgia, like you know, it doesn't surprise me that Georgia would be like that. I mean, this is a, this is a team that basically terrorizes the streets of Athens, right? I mean, they get they have like more license penalties than anybody else. They have more drunk drivers than anyone else. It only is also bark at children. So yeah, I mean, the fan base is nuts. They paint themselves white. They just. They're not jobs. Why are you white? <laughs> Why are you white? <laughs> Which, if you believe r slash conspiracy, everyone will be asked <laughs> shortly. Uh, let me get to my last talk. The playoffs make teams, players, and most of all fans crazy. The FSU hordes are all over social media and Reddit College Football with their tinfoil hats, anti-Husker people trying to ground Delta flights, and teams mercilessly, get, mercilessly giving another team's hard times. But booing rival cheer teams? What? 
I call this next award the FCS playoffs just hit different taco, and I'm giving it to the Idaho Vandals and uh, the Idaho Vandals, NCAA video game players' favorite stadium, the Kibbe Dome, and some cheerleaders from Albany. Now, last Friday, the Albany Great Danes made the road trip to Moscow, Idaho to play the Vandals in the FCS playoffs. And the Great Danes decided to soak it all in and act like a visiting playoff team, not like a regular visitor for this Idaho game, which meant. And what that means is the FCF playoffs are technically an NCAA event. Both sides are offered the opportunity to perform with the band and cheerleaders. And Albany decided to accept the offer and dealt with the consequences of being in the visitor stadium. Good or bad, they decided to perform. And it went bad. After packing their bags and flying four hours west from upstate New York to Moscow, Idaho, the team was wiped. But the cheerleaders were ready to give the performance of a lifetime in the FCF's playoffs. But Idaho Vandals fans weren't having any of it. They mercilessly brought out the Boo Birds, booed the Albany cheerleaders. Here is some sound uh, from this event where they're booing the cheerleaders. No, no chill from the Kibbe Dome. Even though they were booed by home, by the home fans at halftime, the Great Danes got the last laugh. The Vandals allowed 16 points during the fourth quarter, which ultimately ended their season with a loss. Uh, Albany, a five seed, advanced to the semifinals, and they will face South Dakota State, the number one team in the country, in Brookings, South, South Dakota, on Friday night, the cheer team, which was able to perform inside because of the warm dome on Saturday night, will be forced to brave the rigid temperatures of Mount Rushmore State next weekend. Those girls are going to need some mittens and <laughs> some evil Mark Show tacos with Wrigley's file of approval to keep them warm. If your lot in life is to travel to Idaho and then to South Dakota to perform for drunks, you deserve a special treat. <laughs> they're, they're really, let me play that sound for you. I mean, they're really giving it to them. You're someone who's rooted for the Philadelphia Eagles. Try to justify this action for me. Hey, you can throw snowballs at Santa. You can you can boo Albany and Great Danes cheerleaders. Like I, I mean, what say? we're passionate about our teams, right? Like so. Uh, that's I mean that's a little bit. That's a bridge too far. I think like wow that that was a. Uh, Every single person in that stadium, I think, was. <laughs> it certainly sounded like so. I, it, it's not like I, I watched the video very closely. I was because I was worried about this club. I've been to Moscow, Idaho, and it's very. Um, let's just say, like Jared's idea of the whole like everyone should be able to say the n word. Like that would gain a lot of traction up there in that part of Idaho. It's a very, very, yeah, very, very angry white kind of crowd so i was like i was like maybe albany has got a, like a very diverse dance crew no no nothing nothing it's just the fact that they're the visitors i know for a fact and i was reading this on uh uh, uh idaho message boards uh was that the real villain here was that they, they constantly brought up the state of new york and that is what really drove the vandals fans upset was the uh the constant references to new york because there's nothing more upsetting to anyone from that part of the country, you know, like the, you know, I would lo- want myself in there, North, Northeast Oregon, right in that, that kind of no man's land. There's nothing 
you never want to hear the argument that California is better or definitely that New York's better. No one wants to hear about shit from New York. And I think the Albany name and state kind of rubbed them the wrong way. Mm. It's the kind of place where they would all be skinheads if they didn't need hair for warmth. Is that what you're oh, saying? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably, yeah. There's a reason why all those militias are in like Montana and Idaho, mostly Idaho more than Montana. <laughs> Montana is like rich, Rich hippies now. Uh, Idaho is is like poor. That's poor meth making in a in a two liter bottle kind of kind of situation. <laughs> it's not like Kevin Costner is going to come up here and buy all our land. <laughs> like, <laughs> like wow. it's not like Montana. It, it, it's like yeah. So there's these guys and they're forming a group. And I don't know. I think I might have to call the feds, even though I don't want to. <laughs> That's did you ever uh, did you ever play uh, Far Cry Five? No, I never. I've never played Far Cry Five. It's a it's a first person shooter, right? Because I yeah, I, yes. The last first person shooter I ever played was Halo, and I didn't even like it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, probably not your game, but I mean, it's a gorgeous, beautiful game, and it takes place in Montana. And the whole thing is that there's a uh, like a, a cult that kind of it comes in and has you know taken over essentially this whole huge swath of of land and there was a town that they've kind of uh, that these cultists have kind of like run everybody out and so you play as uh, like this you know this county sheriff or whatever that kind of comes in there to to take whatever means necessary to kind of oust this cult and the, this cult leader and that's just a phenomenal game I mean the Far Cry series is really cool and Far Cry Five is a lot of fun. It's just beautiful scenery, but I mean, you said all that about like Montana and in Idaho, and I, I can definitely see that because it's like, wow, if if real life Montana looks like anything like video game Montana, it'd probably be a pretty beautiful place to visit. But it's an amazing, amazing place. Probably one of the nicest parts of the country. Just and it's great, like because most Californians are too afraid to go up there. So that's that's the unfortunate thing with Oregon and Washington. The Californians are they they have no fear; they're willing to come up there. But Montana and Idaho, they, they know better. That's the one good thing about it. Uh, that was Taco Thursday, our version of a weekly award show where the winners receive the tastiest award anyone can get a taco. Congrats to all our winners. Now let's do some cheap plugs. And I like these plugs because I don't have to read them. Yes, today's episode is brought to you by Shiba Inu. Shib, Shiba Inu token is the most exciting cryptocurrency in the world. Way back in 2021, Shiba Inu became the most popular crypto, surpassing Dogecoin and Bitcoin on CoinMarketCap. You can buy hashtag SHIB on all the most popular coin exchanges like Mark's favorite Coinbase. But the best place to find more information is by following at SHIB token on Twitter, formerly X or vice versa. Um, there you'll find the links to the Discord, subreddit, Telegram and everywhere else to find more info on Shiba Inu. Do you want to become a millionaire so you can buy out all the airline seats to keep a prize recruit grounded and committed <laughs> to your team? Start investing in cryptocurrency, become a SHIB millionaire, and use those diamond paws to nab those tickets. SHIB to the moon. To the moon. All right. It's time. It's time. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold. It is the college football postseason, and it kicks off this Saturday. So unlike most bowl seasons, we usually start with the Bahamas Bowl. We'll get to why the Bahamas Bowl did not play and does not exist for this year. It's coming back next year. So we're going to break down our first week of bowls. So these bowls will take you from, we have bowl games Saturday, this coming Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, and then Thursday. So it's going to cover us for all of this, this, the next, until next time we speak. And then we'll be covering the next set of bowls. Uh, the first bowl 
Can we get this, to uh, can we get another drop of the uh the dance party remix? Oh yeah. These aren't the droids you're looking for. These 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 aren't the droids. These aren't the DJ DJ Hammy Ham up in the mix. It's I love you ever hear that uh See, I'm not familiar with EDM. I was in Colorado with uh, with my celly the first time. Uh, he's like, "Have you ever heard EDM?" I'm like, "I don't even know what that means." He's like, "You never heard of this music?" I'm like, "No, I, I like what's so great about it." And he, he's explaining EDM to me, and he goes, uh, "He goes, no, 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 hold on." So he he goes and finds this MP player. He goes, "Because this song will totally explain what it is." And so this is what he plays for me, and this is why I think every time I'm I'm like think of EDM, I think of this. <laughs> it is pretty popular one, yeah. yeah this is what he was like i don't know I, it, could, <laughs> it, it never it never moved me like that like i unless i was like if i'm driving it would stress me out. It's, it's it seems very anxiety i know i'm a guy who famously was on your G episode for Grateful Dead and Garbage. <laughs> there was a garbage song that was a little too upbeat for me. It's just too much. Where do you come down on EDM? Uh, I mean, mostly no. I mean, I'm <laughs> I, I'm of the same generation as you, so I'm not like a you know a club kind of dance mix guy. Some of it's okay. Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't ever go to like a rave and just like listen to that music, you know. <laughs> consistently but i mean that that's fine like i, I don't hate it i don't completely implore it but it's th- very there's one very actually i think that you uh, that, that you'd actually uh dig quite a bit it's actually <laughs> i'm embarrassed to say i have this one on my phone but i actually i used it uh as the unauthorized of course i used it as the um like the theme song for a show a video game show that chris and i used to do like back in the day um and the song is called Crave You by Flight Facilities. I think okay, it is it it's it this one? I don't like a putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Is it that one? <laughs> it's not that one. That it was it's a good one, but it's not that. Crap gay. Frogs freaking frogs fair. It's not funny. I'm gonna say it real slow for you. Gay <laughs> Okay, what was the name of the song again? Uh the song is the artist is Flight Facilities, and the song is Crave You. Okay, well, I, we okay so there is, uh, I guess this one is called Adventure Club Mix, I think. Ah, uh, Adventure Club Dubstep Remix. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, the name already. The, the name on the marquee is Mr. Suicide Sheep. Okay, I'm already... <laughs> <laughs> i'm already in this is like if you're gonna watch a show if you're gonna watch a conspiracy channel on youtube or on tiktok if the guy's not wearing a black shirt no way like no <laughs> fucking way 
Like, like, why are we even here? What the hell yeah, are you doing? Yeah, I can't take you, I can't take this guy seriously. He's going to talk about flat Earth. He has to be wearing a black shirt. There's no fucking way that you're going to get to a conspiracy channel and the guy's going to be wearing like a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> when do you see that? <laughs> be like, oh, this. Oh he's going to tell me about ancient Egypt and how ancient oh societies. God. You know what you have to do. Shirt. You've just brought it up. So now when you do the ask Emo Mark, you have to be wearing an Emo Mark shirt when you're talking about conspiracy stuff. It has to be done. <laughs> Actually, I do have an Arizona State uh, Hawaiian shirt that I I, I bought for $90 and I was like, I I would never wear it because it's so fucking loud. <laughs> oh my God, dude, that, that's $89 too much. <laughs> oh. I'm like, and then I was thinking more about it. Wow. And then, well, my best friend was thinking more about it. She's like, what are you going to go to a fucking luau? You're going to go. <laughs> She's like, you go to the Moose Lodge. She's like, you dress like a fucking clown. She said, you act like a fucking clown. You don't need to dress like a clown. <laughs> that's when i realized that's when i realized the shirt was forty dollars <laughs> i i something tells me she would still be upset about that yeah I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay i get it well, let me jump let me jump ahead This is kind of chill. Is there's not a big drop? Oh, where's, yeah, where's yeah. my drop? It, it's coming really soon. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. 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 It's it's like a tide pulling back. These aren't the droids you're looking for. <laughs> oh no, that one doesn't really fit. Huge. You know what they need? They need to put the timestamp on the drop, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. YouTube comments don't fail me here. Let me see if there's anything good in here. I remember hearing this song on Sheepy's channel so many years ago. Time sure does fly. I was 16 when I first heard this. Now I'm 27. The nostalgic feel makes me cry. I miss my old friends in my teen years. Damn, I miss raving hard as I did back in the day. Time really flies, as people before me told me it would. Reminds me of all the problems I outgrew. Part of me. Wants to go back so bad. Wow, fucking existential crisis right here in the YouTube comments page. Like, holy shit! <laughs> let me look. Let me look at the most controversial comment. This is gay shit. <laughs> so that's <sighs> the the yin and yang of, of YouTube comments. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, this, this person's getting all heady. The other person's like, ah, something terrible. <laughs> Wait, but did I get into the first bowl? No, we haven't gotten into this. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Sidetracked already. I asked you to play the drop, and then we just got into uh, oh, yeah, EDM. Jones and EDM. And, yeah. 
Jeez, I'm having a hard time remembering the description. So first bowl is the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Georgia Southern Eagles, who are six and six, Ohio Bobcats, nine and three. This is nine a.m. Eastern on ESPN. Uh, let me give you a, bun, a bowl fun fact. Lo- located in beautiful Conway, South Carolina, at Brook Stadium, this bowl is in its fourth year of existence, and they had a whopping record-setting 12,023 fans in the house for last year's Marshall victory over UConn. What is the appeal of Myrtle Beach? And why do you want it or why do you want to avoid it? And who killed Tupac? Only Jim Moore Jr. knows for sure. But this one we got kicking off Saturday morning, bright and early. Georgia Southern with the three and a half point favorite. Uh, uh, But uh, riding a four game losing streak. Uh, Bobcats on the other side there do have a win over Iowa State. But the quarterback issue is a big problem here. Who do you like in this one and why? Um. I, I think the, the great thing about doing the show, it kind of gives us the, the insights like the, the casual fan doesn't have. I mean, because uh, you're mentioning about uh, they've got quarterback issues there. Um, got a guy in the portal and a, a backup out injured. So um, I think having this insight gives us a slight advantage for things like the, the bowl mania contest where money's on the line, where, mm-hmm. you know, I think – a lot of people just see that nine and three record for Ohio and kind of think that there's maybe more talent in the Mac. And so they opt for uh, Ohio, uh, but big greens like us, you know, <laughs> I think we're going to be betting on Georgia Southern. So, I mean, I, I think, you know what that means then Mark, <laughs> take Ohio. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to track our bets here and I'm going to actually, I need to once we're done with our show, I need to have you send me the rest of your, like send me your, the rest of your bowl picks for the end of the night. We, we do have another bowl. We have a bowl pick challenge. Uh, I just assumed that you'd be playing for ASPCA. Yes. I'm going to be playing for the uh, Arizona State University Sun Devil Food Bank, uh, as we normally do. Uh, so we are we are going all in. Uh, winner is five thousand uh, dollars. Winner take all. No second, third prize. So I, I'll keep track of our picks tonight as we pick these, as we record, and then uh, I'll get your picks so I can go ahead and enter in your entry as well. Cool. Very neat. Thank you. Uh, right. So yeah, I, I agree with you. Eagles, Southern, uh, Georgia Southern, all the way. I mean, they're six and six. The record does kind of indicate the the Bobcats should be a better team, not only because of their winning record, because of their conference, but yeah, that that court, not having a quarterback that's that's everything. And even the backup is out. So Rourke is in the portal. Backup is out. This this just feels like uh, an Eagles victory. Georgia Southern by a by a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, let me write Eagles down for both of us. Let's go to the cricket celebration bowl. This one is kind of interesting. So, uh, this one, technically it's not in our, our bowl, our, our bowl pick selection, but I wanted to put it on here anyway. It's the cricket celebration bowl. This is the, uh, it's played at Mercedes Benz stadium in Atlanta, uh, is the de facto national HBCU championship between the MEAC champ and the, uh, uh South WAC champ. This game is oftentimes called the national championship of black college football. And this year it pits the Howard Bison who are six and five versus the Florida A&M Rattlers, 11 and one. 12 a.m. Uh, East ESPN AM AM is second in the in FCS in total scoring defense. Number one tackles and loss holds its own against the run. Howard supposedly is pretty tough in the secondary. I don't think either of us has actually watched any. I know I definitely haven't watched any FCS uh, action other than maybe a highlight here or there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how well we're to pick. I, I do know. I, I saw one of the stats here is like uh, Howard has, has struggled in, in bowl games before a&M is the favorite. I, I'm just going to go chalk here. I'm going to take the Rattlers. 
Yeah. Well, so I mean, I, so I just got done saying that all that stuff about just looking at win loss records, but now I'm about to do the exact same thing. Like in question, how can a team that's 11 and one only be favored by less than a field goal? Like I, Obviously, the odds makers think that this is going to be closer than the records indicate, but I'm going to let myself get tricked by it. I'm going to go with the NM Rattlers as well. Um, RL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Um, let me give you the fun fact here. This bowl was originally invented to have a bowl game in the Superdome, but because of damage due to Hurricane Katrina, the 2000 game was moved to Cajun Field in Lafayette, Louisiana, in the uh, smallest stadium to ever host a bowl game. Um, this year, it pits Jacksonville State Gamecocks eight and four versus the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, twelve uh, fifteen p.m. Eastern on ESPN two. Uh, Jacks coming in eight and four, a three and a half point favorite. This is and remember, it Gump reminds me of this all the time. Every time I see Jacksonville State, I'm always like, I'm like, why, why does that name stick out in my mind? That's right. Head coach Rich Rodriguez, Gump's official man crush. Gamecocks were two and three versus bowl games of uh, bowl teams this year. Cajuns a paltry six and six and only fifth in the West in their division. I know the Cajuns are the home team here with, with in, in Louisiana here in the Superdome, but I like the Gamecocks. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I mean, they were the other team aside from James Madison that was getting some press for not being eligible to play in the bowl game, but then, you know, here they are due to not enough other qualifying teams and Louisiana, I think probably has better talent. And they played a little bit tougher schedule, um, which is, I think, the reason for the the records being what they are. But I'm with you and taking chalk here with the Gamecocks. Yeah, this this is why I always like the Bahama Bowl would always throw so much kind of craziness the first game. Like they have such a sometimes they have such a good matchup, it would kind of get things off to the right foot, and then you wouldn't mind a couple like. Even if Louisiana wins, like I, I don't know, still if I'm intrigued here. This is Saturday afternoon. Now we actually have some competition. I'm going to be flipping back and forth between the cricket and the the Carriers New Orleans bowl. I mean, it's going to really have to be something special here. I'm definitely in for that first bowl, but I could see how a lot of people might pass that one up early in the morning. Southern Eagles versus the Ohio Bobcats. Like, yes, we are into college football, but we're still. We're on the uh, metaphorical Tuesday night part of college football, right? Like we haven't gotten to, to anything good on Saturday yet. <laughs> yeah, that's well. <laughs> we make the joke about it, but we actually talked about a game featuring a MAC team. So that's well. I mean, you get that out of the way really early in the morning. So it's like they can only be on like a, a late night, week night, or uh, very early in the morning. That's we don't <laughs> want to see MAC on our TV any other time. But not not yeah, prime time. Not not prime time. <laughs> I prefer. I like my MAC. Uh, I, I prefer all my really shitty college football games on the CW. That's where I like to watch my <laughs> shitty college games. Um. <laughs> The Avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl, and uh, the fun fact here, although this is the ninth edition of the Cure Bowl, the sponsorship has changed multiple times. This has been the AutoNation Cure Bowl, the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl. This has been the Tail Greeter <laughs> Cure Bowl, the Duluth Trading Cure Bowl, and now the Avocados from Mexico Bowl. Nine years of existence. Five different names. I know we're going to talk about who you're picking, but what are the odds that this bowl has a new sponsor by this year? Oh, uh, I think it's one to one. Don't want the avocados are. Does that mean any? Like, I didn't even know that was a, a, something to promote. Like, I, <laughs> I just assumed all of them were. I didn't even know that they had a. Uh... A Super Bowl commercial. I, I mean, like I, people that like avocados, I think are just naturally going to buy avocados. Like, do you really need advertisements for 
to know specifically, like, yeah, to your point, I, I thought like, where else are avocados from other than Mexico? Like, do we really be like, oh, well, now I'm really going to buy it because the avocados are from Mexico. Like if you're going to get avocados, you're going to get avocados. Now, speaking of, this is obviously a curable avocados from Mexico. I think these are, these would be two places where I would assume no avocados getting Miami of Ohio, the Red Hawks versus the Appalachian State Mountaineers, uh, 1.30 p.m. Eastern ABC. This is one that I'll definitely be watching. This might be the first one that I check into if I'm not up that early. App State, six and a half point favorite here. Can't App State if you're the if you're the if you're the favorite here, but the Red Hawks do have the best kicker in college football, uh, a killer defensive line, and technically they are the champions of the MAC. But App State, from what I understand, I, I haven't seen them play this year. I've kind of looked at stat sheets. I looked this over. They say they kind of get loose on that offense. If they can get it rolling, that they can get that passing game going, it might be a long day for the Red Hawks. Red Hawks are going to be looking to make this more of a defensive battle. This is, I think, the first real toss-up here. I'm going to throw it to you first. Who do you like in this? The the MAC champion, or do you like the strength of the the Mountaineers? Hmm. App State, they hung in with North Carolina, took them to overtime, and they actually did beat James Madison in overtime. They kept them from going perfect, and I think this is the Mountaineers all day. Yeah, I, I'm, I was really tempted to lean, lean towards Miami of Ohio, but I, they just you look back at their at their resume there and you don't see anything really impressive. And then and when you start looking at these lower level teams, you kind of have to look at their losses and you'd be like, how did they hang in there? You start breaking down mm-hmm. where were they in the first, second, third, fourth quarter? Like App State took them to the limit. I, I, I think it's definitely a better team. Uh, this is one of those ones where I think the Red Hawks are definitely going to have more juice. They're going to be way more pumped up about this, but I think this this is going to click in and App State is going to win. I, I'm going to take App State as, as who I'm going to pick on the side, but if I was picking, if the, I was betting, if I was taking this to Vegas and I was betting the points, I don't know if I would take App State six and a half. I, I feel like that's too many points. I think this is yeah. more like going to be App State by three, four, five, six is just a bridge too far for me. Yeah, I agree with that, but I'm thinking of, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We're both agreeing a little bit too much here. So I think we're going to yeah, switch it up a little bit. <laughs> we're all chalk here. We're all chalk here as we go through far. Next is the Isleta New Mexico Bowl. Now, the New Mexico Bowl, fun fact, is the New Mexico Trophy is a 20-inch piece of Zia Pueblo pottery painted with Pueblo symbols, the New Mexico Bowl logo, football players, and the logos of both competing teams. Also, both teams receive a reported payout of one million dollars to play which is even better than pueblo pottery uh, <laughs> and this has one of my all-time favorites one of my favorite teams this year uh, I, I i i looked i searched high and low i kept bringing it up a week and week again someone mentioned this to me so this also has a nice parallel between 500 days of summer i looked everywhere like i i, I wanted to know who was america's sweetheart when the whole time America's so sweetheart right in, front of right in front of me on Tuesday night. Just and I was watching them, and I was it was it was, it was a total meet cute, uh, generic uh, hipster kind of romantic story played out right here. New Mexico State Aggies ten and four versus the Fresno State Bulldogs eight and four three forty five p.m. ESPN. This is when I'll definitely be watching the Aggies have officially gone bowling and here in the friendly confines of the land of enchantment they hold the home team designation meanwhile bulldogs won't even have the emotional high of jeff tedford's last game as head coach as he is not going to be calling this not going to be calling the place and will not be in attendance and fresno multiple three turnover games in the mountain west i love the aggies 
but am I just high on wishful thinking here? I everyone knows I'm going Aggies because they they just <laughs> provided so much joy. But tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, no, I actually feel like you're right again. But I I'm going to let you have the New Mexico State rooting interest all to yourself in this one. I mean, it, I know also you've been kind of partial to Fresno State in the past. So yeah. This is this is like the Mark's heartstring spool or something like you, you have the Sophie's Choice thing. You have no idea who to choose. So, uh, and just to separate our picks again. Um, I'll go with the Bulldogs here. I'll go with Fresno State. Yeah, see, the Bulldogs could definitely win. There, there might be some kind of emotional high from them not having their coach there. Like, if from what I understand, he's not not definitely. It's confirmed he's not going to be coaching. He's not going to be calling plays. Like that's for sure. The other rumor here is that he won't even be in attendance because of of travel kind of situations and scheduling. So, if he was there, maybe he'd give you like a a Fresno State version of win one for the Gipper. Like I, but. <laughs> him not even being there like can he zoom call in to kind of bubble <laughs> the players like yeah it's it's sad. like i don't know what's going on there like the, there's so many different stories about with jeff tedford and this being a retirement retirement taking time away from the game like no one's confirmed if there's like a serious issue but like guys have been a college football lifer kind of ashamed to, to to not to know his last game was a regular season game that he wasn't able to coach the bowl game right like yeah it's a, a little bit of a downer i mean not only for him i mean well i mean again depending on the circumstances we don't know what they are so i mean it could be like he was forced out because he did something uh, inappropiate or what oh, that's like true a, a i never thought about that but I mean, we're hoping that obviously that's not the case and it's not something, you know, like medical that he just did need some time away from the game. So it kind of stinks uh, for the kids that he won't be there. But uh, yeah, maybe the, maybe they are going to pull that kind of thing. Like win one for the Tedford. And, uh, win one for the Tedford. <laughs> the next one, this used to be the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. Now it is the, uh, get prepared for this one. This one's got a, a very Hollywood, very long name. This is the Starco Brands LA Bowl hosted by Gronk. So the a game was or this game was originally slated to start in 2020 but was canceled due to COVID. Jimmy Kimmel bought the naming rights in 2021 when the bowl was almost canceled and has had celebrity tie-ins ever since. This year, SoFi, the uh, financial services company and the company that uh, has a owning partnership in the uh, Los Angeles Rams and Charger Stadium, got the naming rights back to the bowl and has partnered with Super Bowl champion Ron Gronkowski to turn the bowl into a star-studded multiple-day event filled with parties and events leading up to kickoff time. So if you love that EDM from earlier, you can find tons of it leading up to the game. There's events Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, leading up to the bowl game on Saturday. And then afterwards, there is an after party. Uh, uh, there's a VIP after party also as well, hosted by Gronkowski. Before we break down the game, Bowl being sponsored by Rob Gronkowski. This feels like, what are your initial thoughts on it? And like, by the way, this definitely needs a, a big 12 tie-in for next year, right? Like big 12 <laughs> is the conference. This has Nelly playing the halftime show. We <laughs> definitely deserve an LA ball tie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just kind of a little upset that it's not the Jimmy Kimmel bowl anymore, because then we could have heard your story <laughs> again for the, for the new listeners that, that, that weren't around to hear that story. I think, yeah, let's just go ahead and enlighten them. Let's just assume that this is the Starco brand's uh, Jimmy Kimmel LA. Jimmy Kimmel LA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is again. This is going to be another time. I'm, I'm going to thank you, Eric. Thank you for setting me up. But I this will just be another instance of what I learned. You should not call women the c word. <laughs> it does not benefit your career in any way. All it does is it causes trouble. 
Well, that basically tells the story right there. It yeah. was Jimmy Kimmel's sister, right? Yeah, yeah. Jimmy <laughs> Kimmel's sister, and she kept putting me on uh, Black Knights, African American Knights, and I was like, and I was, I was so upset. I was like, I was like, but I'm. She's like, yeah, well, you're Mexican. You, you you're the ethnics go on Black Knight, and I was like, I'm like, but I don't talk about the like, ethnics. like, like I don't talk about like tortillas and shit. I'm like, I just do regular stuff. Like, why can't I be on a white night? And she's like, well, you can when you're good enough. And I was like, oh, that's when I was like, that's all it takes. It's like, even for a half breed, all you gotta do is like punch at it a little bit in real life. <laughs> then, all sudden, then all of a sudden I might as well be wearing a shirt that says La Rasa. I'm like, oh, how dare you, you white motherfucker. <laughs> before all that, I could literally care less. <laughs> Before that, before that, the shirt, the the shirt over over the the La Raza shirt is the build the wall shirt. Like I literally could care less. <laughs> but the moment some white girl comes picking, I'm like, are you fuck you, <laughs> devil? I'll get all ice cube. I'll be like, you she bitch, you cave bitch. <laughs> like, yeah. So long story short, I should not use the c word to ever to describe a woman. I think that's what I've learned. Uh, and uh, it seems like I keep learning this year after year after year. <laughs> <laughs> the remedial classes for the c word. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 what they that's what we need a master class. That's what we need. That's, someone needs to put that master class together. <laughs> How what not to say to women? I feel like I could. I don't know if I could deliver that whole that master class, but I feel like I could could definitely be one of the featured speakers. <laughs> <It's> like. <laughs> Like a, on a four-person panel, I could definitely be like the the Paul Lind of that. <laughs> that like I'm just there to throw in one joke and maybe say one profound thing, and, and other you know, not the the homosexual thing. But and maybe who knows? But I could definitely be the Paul Lind. I come in there, you throw it to me. I yeah, we're really getting old timey. <laughs> Talked about the man who came to <laughs> classic cinema. Now we're talking to Paul Lynn, classic TV. I know you throw it to me, I'm gonna make you a joke. You know, American Dad, that's Paul Lind, is Roger, by the way. I, I did not know that, no. I mean, I don't know that. I'm just I'm I just I know it. Like I just <laughs> believe it. <laughs> I just I know. I just okay. Yeah. But let me get to this game because this is actually a good one. One I will definitely be watching, not just because of the Gronkowski tie-in. UCLA Bruins seven and five, Boise State Broncos eight and five, five thirty p.m. on ABC uh, National Game of the Week in prime time. Chip Kelly team in the LA Bowl. Oh my gosh! I poor UCLA fan. I remember when I first started the show, UCLA got out to a heart run. I was like. Is UCLA for real? <laughs> I seem to keep asking myself that question year after year after year when I really should just be making the statement. It makes me sick, motherfucker, how far we done fell. <laughs> Kelly sports a two and three record in bowl games, and UCLA has lost three straight bowl games. If you look back at further in time, they've lost five of their last seven, 13 of their last 19. <laughs> Bruins are favored by three and a half, so I guess that is something. Now, new Boise head coach Spencer Danielson did take over here on the other side. He went 3-0, led the team to a, Mac, a Mountain West title. Maybe the Broncos got some juice coming into this game. UCLA has totally underperformed, definitely been hit by the transfer portal. All of this spells doom. And true Scott mm-hmm. Steiner math spells doom for the UCLA Bruins at sacrifice. I, 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 got, the, I got the Broncos. 
Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Because I know that you're a, a Chip Kelly apologist. I, I'm a number one Chip Kelly. No, <laughs> I probably believe in Chip Kelly more than Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly. <laughs> I think that's pretty fair to say at this point. Yeah, I thought you would take that line and, and run with it. I mean, but uh, they have lost Dante Moore, which we did talk about. So, I mean, some other big pieces they've got less to play for because I, th- I think that if they didn't fire Kelly already, they're probably going to keep him. So, it's not like he has to win this to, you know, kind of keep his position. So, um, but on the other side, I think this would be a pretty big feather in uh, Boise's cap. I mean, like beating UCLA in a bowl, like even if the Bruins are in a down year, I think it's still going to be viewed pretty favorably in, in Boise. So I think the Broncos get it done. Oh, let me write you down for Broncos as well. Yeah. I mean, I love Chip Kelly, but man, that team is, is just falling to pieces. If anything, I, I don't want him at that bowl game. And not because I think he'll hurt the team, but just because they need to be out on the recruiting trail and like raising NIL money because they're going to go to the Big Ten and they're going to be, they, they, they might get blown out by Indiana or Rutgers or <laughs> wow. Illinois. Like, that's it might get you ugly can really for them. play that sound bite then. That, that's, <laughs> holy cow. Uh, it, any, any thoughts about Gronk being involved? I mean, dude, this is just another sideline. Like, are we going to have a new name for this next year? Will this catch on? Will this be the celebrity bowl? Kind of make uh, add a little juice, add a little fun at these lower tier bowls. I mean, I guess I. It depends on how many uh, overdoses or <laughs> or <laughs> issues there are at the at the pre and post parties uh, that this is all going on. Like, I think you know they. This is the kind of thing like L.A., of course, there's going to be some kind of celebrity associated with it. And in this case, they at least did the somewhat smart thing of picking a celebrity that's uh, affiliated with the sport at the very least. So I think that that's <laughs> kind of like smart on their on their part to do that. So yeah, Arizona, I, Arizona Wildcat Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so only went there because of the swimming pools, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. Cause he went to it. He went to a pool party, pool party. And, he, and he realized how awesome Tucson was. That's, that's all it took. Someone brought him to the one nice pool in Tucson. He was like, this is unbelievable. I'm going to spend the next three years here in an offense that didn't throw <laughs> tight in the football. <laughs> Hey, yeah, and he still made a career out of it. Like, holy shit! <laughs> that's the detail. That, that's the real kicker in that detail about Gronk and the pool party. Because, yeah, okay, a lot of guys probably got lured by pool pool parties or stuff that happens on pool parties. Not, not shocking. But the fact that he, him, a pass catching tight end, signed U of A to be a blocking tight <laughs> is unbelievable. Uh, but getting back to the Pac-12, another game that includes a Pac-12 uh, a team, the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. Now, this bowl is the granddaddy of the first week of bowls. This bowl dates all the way back to December 13, 1976. But the most famous Independence Bowl was the one I played the clip of at the top, the legendary Snow Bowl between Texas A&M and Mississippi State when a freak snowstorm hit Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, literally hours before the game. And they're literally playing at a foot of stone. Uh, Mississippi State rallied and won in the snow in overtime with that block blocked uh, two point conversion. Probably the greatest Independence Bowl of all time. Probably won't be bested by this one with the California Golden Bears at six and six and the Texas Red Raiders also six and six. Seven fifteen East on ESPN, so you can watch it. This is like Pac twelve after dark. If you're longing for that, this is like. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
this is oh gosh i can't even think what's the, what's the comp to this what were those terrible up all night usa movies this is like that <laughs> yeah. it's smutty it's gross you should not be awake and watching it but here you are watching the cal golden bears and the red raiders mix it up and i'm just glad that at least one of my dark horse college football playoff teams actually made it to a bowl now it's not much of a bowl but because <laughs> we are here in lovely shreveport louisiana but tech is the favorite here by three it's not saying much i know texas tech has also been hit by the portal but Cal probably shouldn't even be here it's a i'm shocked that when i look at that that schedule and i look at the the gold bears i'm like man they wrung six wins out of this it's kind of impressive i mean i don't mm-hmm. want to hire that coach but pretty impressive considering the talent and all the the the, the, the disarray that's been going on there but what do you what are your thoughts on this one yeah i mean i agree that uh tech is going to have more talent and certainly they definitely underperformed this season but I'm going to continue the trend to go in opposite you. I, mean, I think for interest sake, I'm going to take Cal. I mean, I, I don't feel strongly about it, but I'm just, I'm, I'm going to take Cal. Um, yeah. I agree with all of your sentiments. So. Yeah. See, this is, I'm so tempted to take Cal, but I've, 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 I was the one who said Texas tech was going to find a way to win the big 12 title. I was way wrong there. Beat Texas. I was wrong about that. I've been pretty much wrong about everything about Texas tech and it's, He's very much getting very Mike Gundy. That that program is kind of spinning a little bit out of control, especially when you look at this portal defections. I'm going to stick with the Red Raiders in here because I've, I've ridden them all year long. But yeah, it, it, no one should ever be put in this position. But I, to say this, but the, the California Bears kind of worry me as a football <laughs> <team>. <laughs> And no one should live in a world where you're afraid of the California Golden Bears. Uh, well, I mean, that was us last year. So when I. <laughs> I see where you're coming from. I, I was going to let that one lie and just have that be the thing that was unsaid, but all right. Yeah, I, I'm always going to point it out. I, I think we'll be bringing something up another time in a couple of uh, bowls from now. We're going to mention something else again. Ooh, so. right. Now we have the famous Toastery Bowl. Now, this was formerly known as the Bahamas Bowl. So the story here is that the this bowl is the Bahamas Bowl. But due to the renovations at Thomas Robbins Stadium in the Bahamas, the game will not be played this year and will return in 2024. Also, they swapped the dates with the Myrtle Beach Bowl, so this one is actually showing up later than it normally is. Now, the real question is, what is Famous Toastery? Now, Famous Toastery is a chain restaurant, a chain of breakfast, lunch, and brunch restaurants. So you can like go get your mimosa on and get shit-faced with your girls in South Carolina, North Carolina, and they have locations all the way up near D.C. and in Maryland. That's Famous Toastery is the name of the restaurant. I kind of looked at the menu. Doesn't the bowl games make entices me more than the menu does? I I mean, that's the thing. It's like at face value, like breakfast food is just, it seems like it should be so simple and it seems like anybody could do it. And this is like, yeah, how is there not, you know, how are there specialty restaurants for this? Because it's breakfast food. Like, but I mean, you'd be surprised at, at how many people do fuck it up. Like how just, the eggs are just bad. Like they just don't do breakfast food right. Um, so I've never been to a, a famous toastery. I didn't know what they were until you just told me. So, uh, but I'd be interested to to check it out. 
I love the, I, I prefer the Bahamas Bowl. I just love that it was the first bowl out the gate. They played it early. It was always played during the week. Kind of got me, got me in the Christmas spirit because I'm like, ah, we're fully in bowl season. Now I'm getting ready for the playoffs. But I, I don't like where this one got moved back on the calendar. It got lost in the mix here. And you have a weird sponsor. It's just, this is a, yeah, that was always cool for the kids too, that they actually, you know, it's like, yeah, it's the, the shitty bowl that it's like the first one on the docket, but they get to go to the Bahamas. I mean, that's pretty cool. It's like, especially from uh, like, if they're normally in a cold weather area, they get to go someplace warm to play their final game of the season. Plus, and then they get to go home for the holidays. So it was a kind of like win-win for everybody. Nice little vacation, play a game, get off. So pretty neat. Instead, you get to go to Jerry Richardson Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> and Yay. the lucky winners of those are the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, who are 7-5. and five. And finally, finally, they're mentioned on the show in the football capacity, the Old Dominion Mark Monarchs at 6-6. Six and six. Old Dominion the, had the, the, the sentimental favorite here. We finally get to talk about Old Dominion's football. Uh, first <laughs> of all, great band. Great trucking company, and here they are favored by two and a half. So great football team. I'm I'm, I'm going by. I'm just. Gonna, I don't even know this one. I haven't seen them play. I just know. I see Old Dominion. I'm I'm giving my upvote. I've seen the Hilltoppers play, and I think they're they're pretty good. I love that offense. The helmets I think were more interesting this year than their offense was, but their offense has been potent in the past. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going OD. Okay. I mean, I do like the, the Monarch's name more. And I think that they actually have a cooler logo. Like the Hilltoppers mascot is incredible. I love that mascot. And like you just mentioned, those uh, special helmets where they just kind of like, like fully leaned into the mascot. Those were super awesome. Uh, but the I, I think the Monarchs is cooler. Um, the game, though, I mean, you're going to go with uh, ODU. I'll go with Western Kentucky. I mean, like you just Ooh. mentioned, uh, I feel like we're always kind of hearing about what their offense can do and I think that trend continues here. I'll go with Western Kentucky. Who has the cooler nickname? Is is, Hilltoppers has got to be definitely versus the Monarchs. I think Hilltoppers wins over Monarchs. But just in in these these game these teams so far that are playing, I mean Hilltoppers is probably the coolest one. I mean I know we're going to get to Syracuse or Orangeman is kind of cool. Thundering Herd is definitely cool. Roadrunners is lame. Like Red Raiders is cool, but too much reminds me too much of the Raiders. I mean. Of all the teams that are scheduled in this first week of bowls, I think Hilltoppers is like the most unique and most cool. Maybe Mountaineers is kind of cooler. Yeah, well, I, I, I like the I like Monarchs. I think it's and I like the lion like wearing the crown. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, so I like that name. But I mean, like you're so, you're so xenophobic and uh, <laughs> anti royalty and everything. I think it's. It, that yeah. kind of tracks that you'd be like, yeah, fuck them. It, it reminds me too much of like England. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's exactly when I saw it. I was like, oh, what is this? Like a soccer club? Why do why do they have to have such a cool name like Old Dominion? That I want to give them a shout out for it, but then they're they got this weird like Euro style logo. It's like, oh great. <laughs> right? Do they buy all their players off the market too, and like give all these guys millions, force them to leave their home to come to some dank hellhole in England? <laughs> Hey, well, you're, you're trying to take a shot at uh, soccer, aka football, but with the NIL, that's exactly what all these. Oh, that's true. That's, that's what point. college football is becoming. They are paying millions to get people to come from all over to go to their school as mercenaries. It's not that's about true. the love. So, uh, a lot more in common than you think, buddy. That is a very, very good point. I never really thought about that. I mean, literally, the the ducks are 
I'm sure if like these people could choose between Los Angeles and Eugene, I'm sure no one's kind of like, oh, I want to go to Eugene. I can't wait to see 250 days of rain a year. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want to go to Los Angeles and get money and, and live a cool. Yeah, no, no, no. I want to go to Eugene, Oregon, <laughs> and go to the one white castle and wait in line with 25 other people. <laughs> Uh, all right, so you're going Hilltoppers. I'm going Monarchs. Uh, let's get to uh, – that was Monday. So Monday gets its own bowl. You have the famous Toastery Bowl. They're going up against Monday Night Football. This is a weird weekend because all these lower-tier bowls here on Saturday and Monday, they are going up against the NFL. The NFL has uh, three games on Saturday. There's a triple header on Saturday. They have a full slate of games on Sunday. There are literally no teams on by. They're spread across the calendar from Thursday night from when the bowl season starts to Saturday to Sunday to Monday. So if you're a college football fan and you're, you offered any of these, if you're interested in bowl action early on, you probably have a better NFL option. Like, is there any concern here in your mind about the NFL kind of, if anything makes this kind of unviable, if the NFL is willing to spread out its products so much that these bowls can't get any attention. This is kind of like their time. Isn't it kind of unfair of the NFL to, hoard the playoff, hoard the, the calendar at this moment in time? Uh, I'm not the right person to ask because I, I've been pretty, very vocal about that too. Like I always just prefer the college game. Like I, I'm not going to sit down and watch a regular season ass, like freaking Thursday night, like NFL game. Like I, I can't be bothered with that. There's too much. <laughs> like I, I would much rather enjoy uh, a college football, you know, bowl game than a regular season NFL game. It's, it's just so fucking boring. Like I, I just I can't. Like I mean, like once you get to the playoff, it's kind of like baseball. We talk about like not a lot yes. of people are like huge fans of regular season baseball games, but once you get to baseball playoffs, then that's that's much watch television, right? And the same kind of thing with like the NFL playoffs. All right. Once you get in the playoffs and they, all these things start to shake out, they, you have more stakes. It's just like, that's another thing that I love so much about college football. It's like one or two losses and you're completely screwed. Or if you're Florida state, you can go undefeated and still not <laughs> get like a playoff berth in the NFL. If you're eight and eight, you're probably a playoff team. And that's just like, there's no, there's no stakes. I just, I hate that. You're always hanging around. Yeah, if you're eight and eight, you're like, damn, you're you're like, oh, you're on the come up. You're gonna be playing in that last week and everyone's gonna be paying attention to you. I, I kind of agree with you here, because like those those it's not as bad. NFL regular season isn't as bad as say like the NBA regular season. Like the regular NBA season, like it might as well be like what's on lifetime <laughs> right now. Like you don't know, I don't know, no one gives a flying fuck. That's the NBA regular season. And if I told you, Eric, there, there's a there's a there's a, a a movie on Lifetime right now that has a uh, a female protagonist and has a hot love interest, and it's kind of Christmas adjacent. How shocked would you be? You'd be like, yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah. not at all. Yeah, I mean, it, it's no Hallmark movie, but I mean, it's yeah. I'm close. <laughs> That's what the NBA regular season is like. Draymond Green did something terrible. Yeah, okay. Like it's it's the whole NBA regular season can be can all be distilled down to like a TikTok, like two minutes of action. I can, that's all I need to know. <laughs> that's it. Breaking news be- though for the for James Harden exquisite beard. If he hasn't already heard by the time uh, he's listening to the show, uh, Draymond Green suspended indefinitely. For that, wow. For that yeah. Are you you breaking that news here? Wow. Yeah, I can't believe that. That was 
unbelievable. I thought for sure I was going to be, I thought I was going to be like, I'm going to get like a 15 game for that. Maybe he'll get like, I'm like, maybe someone's going to throw a real fit here about that, that, that crazy foul where he basically slapped another man across the ear, full speed, spinning back heel slap. <laughs> Pretty ugly. That's shocking the whole for, for indefinitely. Oh, yeah. He's like the Vontez perfect. Deep <laughs> <laughs> cut. Nice. ASU guy. Number one in innovation. All right. <laughs> Scooters, coffee, Frisco bowl. This was the old DXL bowl. This turned to the tropical smoothie cafe bowl. It turned <laughs> in- <laughs> this, is the, this is the one we said was their, uh, their commercial was basically about a, like prostitution. Oh, right? yes. Yeah, that right. <laughs> Scooter's copy. That's right. This is the sixth edition of this bowl, and it is in the beautiful Toyota Stadium, which is in um oh oh dear, is in Frisco, Texas. <laughs> so you have UTSA Roadrunners eight and four versus the Marshall Thundering Herd at six and six, seven p.m. ESPN Tuesday night. So again, this this bowl game gets a night all to itself. Prime time, well, a little bit later than prime time. Meet Meep is favored by a whopping, this is the most of any of these week one bowl games, 12 and a half points. And the money has been flooding in, has driven this thing up from 10 points to 10 to 5 to 11 to 11 to 5 to 12 to 12 5. And now is even going to go higher. Betters love the Roadrunners and the points. I'm trying to think how the herd can keep it close. I kind of looked at their schedule and like, just like Cal, I, I'm shocked they even found their way to six wins. It's kind of an oddity. Yeah, I feel like I got to stump for Marshall. I mean, even though that was that was last year, it wasn't this uh, season. But it's going to be a while for uh, for Notre Dame Nation to to that went down losing to Marshall. So um, them winning games like this one, especially if they're a huge underdog uh, against a better team, I think that's going to actually go pretty far for erasing that stigma so go thundering urge let's let's go all right marshall oh man marshall and then marshall 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 Marshall. (laughs) (laughs) if only you know what they need to do is they need to get a matthew mcconaughey to do the hype video for them then they would easily win this game (laughs) i don't even know where frisco is in texas gosh it's got to be one of those i wonder if it's one of those like depressing panhandle ones or if it's one of those depressing ones that's near the south or if it's one of those depressing ones that's in the middle or if it's one of that depressing one that's near mexico i wonder which texas kind of town it is (laughs) or the worst texas town is when it's located in oklahoma that's really gross (laughs) wow that's the worst kind of texas town when you got to go to oklahoma to go to it (laughs) I think that they agree. <laughs> and we get to our fine, our final bowl that which is on Thursday. And so we'll be talking. Oh, sorry, wait, are you going UTSA in that one? Yeah, I'm going, going Roadrunners. Okay. I'm, okay. I, I I like Roadrunners. I don't know if I if I was gambling on the the spread. I don't know if I would like all those points. It seems pretty crazy to keep going up and up and up. Uh, that I don't like. I don't like all those points. I think it is going to be close. I would probably take the herd if I was taking the points because I just especially if it balloons to like 13 points and exhibit 
I mean, I'm hoping they're playing at the end, but I mean, this could easily, if someone gets a nice 14 point lead, this could easily turn into exhibition stink fest. Yeah. There's no guarantee that the, 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 that the rover is going to be able to put that many points up there, but I, just as far as picking sides, I am going to go meet me. I'm going Roadrunners in this one. Okay. Roofclaim.com Boca Raton bowl. Uh, the fun fact here is each participant wins beyond just a great trip to Boca. $900,000 in cool cash. And so each of them gets 900000 But the winner also gets the Howard Schnellenberger Championship Trophy, named after legendary FAU head coach from 2001 to 2011, Howard Schnellenberger. I had <laughs> no idea who Schnellenberger was. I didn't know he had a trophy named after him. I read that. I was like, this doesn't sound right. It's a real coach. If you this say is so, a real trophy. <laughs> that sounds like a an AI generated like uh, fake name to me. Like that does not sound like the, the name of a human being that's lived. You know those that era of the Big Ten, Woody Hayes, uh, uh, you know uh, Howard Schnellenberger. Like that sounds like from that era. Like Frank Cush was out west. Uh, Bo Schembechler, like it's, it, it, he's very, very. Wait, can you say Pollock? Or you know, is there a nicer way to say Pollock? <laughs> this is very Pollock name. And <laughs> 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 like, like Jared, I, I, I don't believe in self censoring. I, I, I'm gonna if I'm gonna say Pollock, I'm gonna go Pollock. I especially when I'm rapping along to a song and I hear the word Pollock, I'm like, no, 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 I have to. Because it happens so frequently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to lean into it. In fact, I might roll down the window of my car just a little bit. Let them know. <laughs> I, you know what? I mean, a, a, Pol- a Polish joke is terrible, but like, in all honesty, like, you, you know, they have like the 23 and me where you send in and you can find out exactly what percentage, you know, of whatever you are. Yeah, I've always been worried that like if I send it in, I'll find out the white part of me is Polish or something like that. So I'm like, <laughs> really dirty Eastern European, like Czechoslovakian, and I'll be like, oh no, or like yeah. Tur- Turkish. That would be the worst. Oh, yeah, those things are dangerous. You know, a buddy of mine that that I uh, that I worked with, he like his almost his entire identity was about being Native American. Like he was, he like grew up believing that he was like this, you know, very huge percentage of Native American got got a bunch of tattoos, kind of like, you know, signifying. Oh no, no. Yes. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> took 23andMe test or one of those, you know, equivalent kind of like DNA thing. Turns out he's not a speck, not not an ounce, not a smidge Native American. <laughs> Not at all. So he's like, his entire worldview was just shattered. He's like, well, don't don't I feel like an asshole? So yeah, I'm I'm kind of petrified because I kind of feel the same way. Kind of petrified to to do the same thing, you know, thinking that I'm like, you know, that I I grew up thinking that I was like predominantly Irish, and I'm kind of like, you no, you're like one (laughs) percent. I'm like. Yeah, I would be a little worried. Too. Like, what if I like? And I know I'd buy in. Like, if I if I got my test results back and they're like, ah, you're like forty nine percent Jewish, I'd be like, all right, I'm fully in. Like, I'm down. Like, let's <laughs> let's do the thing. Like, I I know you usually can't do a bar mitzvah after thirteen, but uh, like, let's catch up right now. Like, I'm 
I'm reading the tour. I'm fully in. Like, if I get some good news or something that's easily accessible, maybe not so much right now. Like, now seems like a dangerous time. Like, I'll read my results that I'm, that I'm Jewish, and I'll probably hold on to them for a couple of years here. Like, <laughs> Fair. Uh, who am I kidding, Eric? When is there ever a safe time for them? That's, <laughs> that's, that's also true. Maybe I'll just take that, put that in an envelope, and be like, yeah, yes. hand me a Guinness, please. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone likes them. Uh, <laughs> What? Well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Who doesn't like it? everyone likes them, right? For the most part. I mean, other than their spouses and <laughs> people they torment, and, and the Scottish and the English definitely don't like them. <laughs> yes. I, I feel like for anybody who doesn't like the Irish, I feel like if we s- sacrifice you two, like, like <laughs> we turn over you two to Hamas, like maybe we oh. forgive a lot of stuff, right? <laughs> 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 yeah they're like this is for putting that fucking album on our iPhone. yeah exactly Bastards. they're like is this a political statement are you trading for prisoners no no th- this is punishment this is revenge for for a terrible terrible album that was not my iPod. <laughs> they know what they did <laughs> they know what they did <laughs> potato eating bastards all right well speaking of potato eating bastards the roofclaim.com boca raton bowl south florida bowls who are six and six versus the syracuse orangemen also six and six six p.m espn this game will actually be on while we are recording this is another ho-hum bowl that is avoidable by college football casuals but betters gamblers in vegas and offshore are loving this game. This game has the most action of all the bowl games in week one and betters love Syracuse in this one against the bulls. Both teams are six and six. I have kind of looked at the stats here. I'm trying to figure out what betters love so much about it. I, I can't see any discernible edge here on three college football news. Both are strong advocates for a Dino Barberless Orangeman. You'll hear them talk about uh, uh, addition by subtraction, that they like the interim coach. They point out that this is a team that beat Navy, Florida AM, kept up with UTSA for about two quarters. Are the Bulls being slept on here? What do you make of this game? This is a really obscure one. It's kind of hard. It's kind of amazing that this one is drawing all the action when it's so damn obscure. Yeah, that's like it for this is a pretty big like you're saying like a big profile bowl for two six and six teams that don't have a whole lot of like you know fan base typically i don't think so it's like a prime time slot on a major network this is like its own day like uh yeah it's kind of crazy that's um, a little weird but i do i think that the bulls are being slept on no, i i don't think so i think uh syracuse has more talent than south florida South Florida, I think, is getting a, a ton of credit for only giving up 17 points to Bama when they were going through that quarterback identity crisis. I, I don't think it's going to hold up here. I think Syracuse, they play in a better conference. They've got more talent, even if they don't have a coach. Um, I think that they're going to see this through. I'm taking Syracuse. Yeah, me too. I'm going to take the Orangeman. Uh, I just... Oh, the orange. I'm sorry. The orange. That's right. I, I'm going to take Syracuse. I just think they're, they're, they're the better team there. All the articles I read about the, the, the Dino Barber's uh, uh, exit and, and how the, the recruiting was behind the NIL initiatives were all kind of sputtering out. Like I think maybe in based on what you hear about rumors and message boards about his personality with that team, like I feel like maybe that team will just be a little bit looser, a little bit more relaxed going into this game. I think that's the kind of game where you can show up and in an exhibition like this really show out for the for the new coach and the new people that are coming in. 
no way is this guy going to pull a Deion Sanders and blow everybody out of their jobs, but he is, he is, you're going to need to prove yourself to, to the next, because uh, NIL is basically the unofficial turnover. A lot of people who are entering the portal, like people point out that numbers in the portal have gone sky high, but a lot of people, what we're not talking about here in all of this discussion is the people, the kids who are being put in the portal because they're being asked to leave. Like that's what no one's really talking about here. Right. Which is, that's so it's true. becoming a free agency kind of pool. And now with this, with this law that just got kind of revoked today, which might mean writing on the wall, that one year sit out for, for underclassmen might be gone. We might be, have all players might be one and done for football. That would be insane. <laughs> Colorado has <laughs> already turned over five offensive linemen. And we're only like, what, a week and a half into the, into the NIL portal. Five of the top offensive linemen in the country are going to Colorado. Wow. Well, I mean, they needed it desperately. So. <laughs> uh. That's just, it's, it's, it's what you can buy. It, it's what you, well, let me ask you, speaking of what you can buy, because roofclaim.com stuck around, has been stuck around one of, one of the weird ones, the .com ones that kind of survived the, the bowl wars. They're, they're one of the, the last ones standing here. You need a new roof. You need emergency roof services, roof placement. Would you ever consider a, a roofclaim.com, someone who sponsors a ball game, would you consider them? Or is it just too weird, try-hardy early yes. 2000s? Definitely too weird and try-hardy. Like, I, like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think, well, maybe it's just me speaking from my own laziness. But I mean, we had a, a roof replaced, but we waited until our tree fell on it. And you know, we, we got the claim and it's just like, you find whoever basically is available. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think most people are lazy like that. Like, I, I don't know, like maybe responsible people are, are doing their research and be like, I'm going to do a lot of research about who the best candidate is to replace my roof. Like, I don't know, maybe that's the sign of a, a responsible adult, I, but that ain't me. And I, I'd like to think that more people are kind of, kind of, fall in line with uh, with what we did and it's like ah wait until something bad happens and then figure it out from there like i don't know oh i see what i'm looking at their website now i'm looking in there i'm inspecting their website yeah so what they're really doing here is they're collecting your information and they're reselling it to local local roofers ah they sell leads all leads are 99 dollars. wow here we go Leads ninety nine dollars a piece. That's roofclaim.com. Well, I guess we can add them to the list. <laughs> and yet they've got enough bull and capital to be uh or money and capital to be sponsoring a bull. That's a bull that actually has a, a, a little bit of bona fides. This is a, a bowl game that no, actually, I'm sorry, I got confused with the other one. This one has no bona fides. This one has only existed since 2015. Uh, payouts nine hundred thousand per team. Not a bad. All these bowl games that we've gone over today, this week, they're all about in the neighborhood of a million. I, I don't think there's anyone that the Independence Bowl is the only one that's really, really kind of. I think Independence Bowl went up to one five, but these are hmm. you get about a million dollars to come out there and play. I wonder how much of the cost that really covers for for a, a Division One team, but. Figure you're you're at least paying for the trip, right? You're probably putting a little money in your pocket. Yeah, you you got to think. Otherwise, it just wouldn't be you know solvent to do so. Like it, you got to think that they're making some kind of cash. Two point five for the Independence Bowl. Yeah, that Radiance. What is Radiance? Oh, that's a weapons manufacturer. That's right. Okay, they get free ARs. Jeez, wow, man. <laughs> that's. Uh, 
that's man. So you want to get a bowl. You got to be Gronkowski, Jimmy Kimmel, or you have to be a weapons manufacturer. (laughs) Or a roof scammer. Or a roofer scammer. Yeah. You're running some kind of MLM. Why isn't there like a Neutralife bowl or like Amway bowl? There you, like go. there you go. Orlando. Like, could you imagine you get tickets to the Amway Bowl? How like would you how comfortable would you be with those tickets? You, you'd have to be like, is this real or is not real? Like you, <laughs> there's some real concerns there. Real concerns there. But yeah, that is the first week of bowls. Bowl season is off to a hot start. Uh we have our picks in, and then I'll be getting the rest of our picks tonight. I'll be uh, tweeting those out. I'll take a little uh, put them all in a uh, uh iOS notepad. Tweet them out so we everyone has a record of them. And uh, oh gosh, I would give you the plug for the name of the picking service that we're going with here. I don't have the name of them. I don't want to give the wrong name, but uh, I will go back and make sure that we get credit for them on the NFL show. Uh, and that is uh, uh, Eric is playing for ASPCA. I am playing for Sun Devil Food Pantry. You always play for the ASPA. You, I know you, you've won before, and I've, I've, I've had the show donate your name before. And like the ASPCA must do wonderful work. But they're like like mafiosos, man. They must they must send me letters like every week. <laughs> like they're on top of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's uh, an important gig. They got to make sure that those uh, animals are taken care of. So, and they send me some great. I wish I I wish it were my chair. They send me all these stickers. You know, the envelope return stickers with like cats and dogs on them and puppies and cats. I'm like, this is all cool, but I'm not going to give you any more money. I'm like. I've even talked to them before. They've called me. They're like, did you want to continue your support? And I'm like, no, no, I've run a podcast. And the other guy won. And, and they're, they're like, well, you know, you can also give. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, maybe you should call him. So like she's already can. donating. Yeah. I, I'm, giving a, turn up dry. <laughs> I'm giving to a food pantry. They're like, no, no, you don't need to feed those humans. Why are you trying to feed <laughs> Feed a dog, feed a cat. All right. So as we wrap up the show, I want to mention SHIB token. So if you feel like you missed the boat on cryptocurrency, you missed on Dogecoin, you missed on Bitcoin, don't worry. You have not missed the boat on cryptocurrency. There is another one that is arising, rising like a phoenix. It is low, it is cheap, it's easy to get into. It is SHIB, SHIBA Inu, wonderful token. I don't even want you to invest in SHIB token. What I want you to do, my call to arms for you is to go out and gather more information. Just find out more about SHIB. You don't have to invest in SHIB. Just find out about SHIB. Find out what the projects they have. Find out if it is the next wave and find out how you can be involved earlier rather than later so you don't miss the boat again. You can go find all this information at SHIB token on Twitter. There you'll find links to the Discord, the subreddit, Telegram, everywhere else. So you can do your own research on shipping. You do your own research on cryptocurrency, Web 3.0. Get involved now. Do not get left behind. You do not want to be in this five years from now. You could have been early. You could have been a SHIB millionaire. Diamond paws, SHIB to the friggin' moon. Make sure you're also following us on Twitter at EBLMRK and look for hashtag EMS193 to see special links, tweets, pictures, or stories we talked about in this episode. Every single taco that we gave out has a link, and they'll be coming out automatically uh, uh, throughout the day uh, on Thursday. And the other stories are, are, are Alex Jones' song, the both EDM songs. Everything will also be coming out in mm-hmm. the feed. Look for that hashtag EMS193. Nice. 
And uh, today I want to thank executive producer Gump. I want to thank Jared of Feathers and Friends who will be joining us uh, for the Friday NFL show. That will actually be happening Saturday, same kind of schedule. We'll be rolling live and then we'll be posting right up on Saturday. Um, and I want to thank today's co-host, Eric. Eric, tell everyone where they can get more Eric and tell them about File and Entertainment. Yes, thank you. You're always so gracious in letting me do the the plugs and talking extensively about the show. File and Entertainment is available on all platforms this season. It's all about music. Mark is a very frequent uh, guest. Uh, Jared is on almost all the episodes, um, all the decades, starting from the 1960s through the 2010s. Uh, Mark's on several of those. And um, next Tuesday, we'll be uh, dropping the Christmas or holiday episode, So, which Mark will also feature on. It's a lot of fun. Holiday episode. I thought this was the Christmas episode, sir. Are you, are you uh, a combatant <laughs> in the war on Christmas? Are we on the wrong sides here? <laughs> no, it's the it's the Christmas episode. I mean, just it's called uh, the holiday because uh, you know, David is Jewish, so he's going to be celebrating Hanukkah while we while we are hey, recording. So, if he wants the rest of our support, line <laughs> line up, buddy. <laughs> Better you can you can have blue Christmas lights, <laughs> but you gotta have a tree. <laughs> and basically like harass a Jehovah's Witness. That's what you gotta do. <laughs> then you're in. You, Check you, out. you can have your other holiday, but you gotta you gotta put ours number one. <laughs> blue <laughs> lights are cool. No, I, I love Christmas. Yeah, I, I this is gonna be a really, really fun episode. Um I have my song. I, I still got I have two songs. There's a huge rivalry going on. That that's, should also have a bowl. That would be like the uh gosh, I don't even know what I named that bowl, but it's too erotic. It's the too erotic bowl, I think. It's, it's too <laughs> presented by Gronk. <laughs> <It's, laughs> this would be like a, I don't know. This should be like the bro bible bowl because this is just there's no reason why these two people should be pitted against each other, but here we are just for salacious we're having something exist, but uh yeah, but it should be the bro bible bowl. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this is this is going to be a tough one for me to to come down to my final song choice, and uh, I can't wait. Till Taylor versus Katy Perry. By yeah, the way, Taylor. for the, those people that, that weren't aware, what the fuck were we talking? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> should have <laughs> known. Taylor Swift Christmas Tree Farm versus Katy Perry's Cozy Little Christmas. I I got them both in heavy rotation right now, trying to decide. It's going to be a tough one. This is going to be. It's going to be last second. Moments before Ooh, we, we record. Well, maybe I don't know how you feel about this. I mean, this is just a suggestion. Maybe you can put it out on uh, on X. You can have the listeners weigh in on what they would prefer to hear on File Under. So maybe you can put a, a poll up there and have them vote on Taylor Ooh, or Katie. Okay, I feel like Taylor's going to win just by her. <laughs> but you know what? If, if she does, then let the chips will fall where they may. The, well, the you merit- know, you know, we talked about the meritocracy. To to <laughs> <laughs> they're just they're just weighing in on what they would prefer. You can you can make the executive decision ultimately. But... Oh, that's true. But then I would feel <laughs> obligated. I'd be like, yeah, here's Christmas tree farm. You guys win. You guys rule the planet anyway. So just give Taylor. Just she's a beautiful monster. We should just like it, we should just turn everything over. Just turn over the nukes. Just if they exist. <laughs> Just be like <laughs> she's got the nuclear football in her hands. Yeah, just be like, here you go. You already run everything, screwed. Just you'll figure it out. I'm sure you'll be responsible since you're so responsible with your plane. I'm sure you'll be fine. We're all going to be fine because you take such great care of everything. <laughs> and when we're all vaporized, she'll be the survivors will all be blamed for her mistake. Like that's, that will be that will be dystopia. <laughs> 
spoiler alert uh as we take you out of here uh this is uh this is just a personal one i we love i love these sound effects um these alex jones sound effects but i think the best alex jones sound effect is when alex jones got remixed to sound (laughs) like a emo uh rock song uh let me find this alex jones It's gonna be hard to beat the uh, making the frogs gay. I yeah, I mean it's I, but this is this one. I think I actually I'm going to uh, I'm going to Discord Jake. I'm I'm going to suggest this one for him because he might want to watch this one. This is Alex Jones. They take his rants. We've taken all his rants, the stuff that we pulled for sound clips on our show. Really great sound clips. And by the way, no one should take Alex Jones seriously at all. Like, if I'm a clown, like he's like alpha clown. Like, yeah, don't UVA Doug. <laughs> don't. <laughs> it, it's point and laugh. Don't take anything he says seriously. And if you catch yourself going, yeah, you know what? You just be like, step back. Just notch it back from 10 to, to 7. But this is Alex Jones' rants remixed as an indie folk song. I think Jake would love this. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll give it a spin here as we end our show. And uh, and this might inspire Eric to suggest this for, for Jake. So until next time, uh, be ungovernable, be uncompromising, but most importantly, be kind. Here's Alex Jones as an indie folk song. <laughs> I have them on video. <laughs> Hillary's in the creepy weird six stuff, man. She sleeps in the same room with that creepy weirdo woman whose mother wears a hood over her head. A woman number one is ugly. Imagine how bad she smells, man. I'm told her and Obama just stink. Obama and Hillary both smell like sulfur. <laughs> This is all stuff he said. Ha, <laughs> ha,